you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends All. Don't you laugh. That's right. Wow. And this week we're going to find out who he was talking about, right? <laughs> that song, uh, it correlates with the, the meat and potatoes. Not potatoes, potatoes. When you say meat and potatoes, you got to act like it's an A on the end, not an O. <laughs> the meat and potatoes of what we're speaking about later on. Because sometimes people's mamas do be on crack rock. And even if they not, damn it, their behavior acts like they are on crack rock. <laughs> so today, we're going to tell a story about somebody's mama. Who might have been on crack rock and don't you laugh because just like he said in that clip it might be your mama so don't you laugh <laughs> and with that being said real quick real quick and concise to the point this week right with that being said welcome to the friend zone you're weekly looking to all things mental health mental hygiene and mental wellness because who in the hell wants a mama on crack rock <laughs> i know i don't <laughs> hi asante hi friend how you doing hi guys how are you hello i would like to skip to the part of the song where right. the girl says not my mama <laughs> That was one of the ad libs that stuck with <laughs> that me. That song was wild. I don't know why that was a thing that happened, but you know, there was there's a lot of music that way, so why not? <laughs> that song was insane. Uh, I'm doing great. How are your Yo, weekends? Weekend's been great. I don't know if you can see. There's a a box over there in that corner. Yes, and a box, and a box over, over there, there and a box, and a box over, over there, box under that. Okay, we we almost out. By the time you hear this, will be a day out. By the time some of y'all hear this, I might be in already. So. I mean, well, technically, I'm already in. In I've already met neighbors. I've already had deliveries. <laughs> it's been Cute. great. And this is the last time for those watching on Patreon that we'll see this. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And I almost right? pre-recorded a well, video, but I was like, you know what? That is this. This is literally going to be it. That's crazy. So, shout out to this place that you ain't gonna see no more. Bye, brick. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Bye, brick, yeah. bitch. Bye, brick. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, i feel like we had announcements we have a summer merch sale with the friend zone we sure do that we forgot to post to talk about last week because we are old and a mess 
Um, and this, it's just shopfriendzone.com and it's 20% That's off. That's correct. And let me make sure because I know we have like a... I posted it on Twitter. Yes, there is a code. So the Friend Zone Summer Merch Sale, use code FRIEND for 20% off your entire order right now. Go to shopfriendzone.com. We have keychains, lighters, tank tops, hoodies, crew necks, bicycle shorts. Oh, look at the key. I love that uh, lighter, by the way. I swear by it. I have like 10 of them. All around the house. And every, I just, I literally just ordered five off our website last week and they came before I went to LA this weekend. But everybody that I use it around, oh, you gonna let me have that? Can I have that? No. Everybody took my damn lighter, so I gotta order some more. But (laughs) friends own lighters, baby. So cute. Yeah, all of our cute t shirts that you see us wearing all the time and ask, where can we get them? Now you can get them. And it is starting to get a little bit chilly soon. I know y'all been feeling that little chill at night. So, we got you with the hoodies and crew necks. Make sure to cop I've been seeing that. a lot of hard nipples lately, too. It is getting chilly outside. Y'all know it's a lot of nipples. Been, it's been a That's lot of flashing. That's usually the, the Lights, lights. Yeah. I'm like, why is everybody flashing me? You know what I'm saying? When I walk, I've been seeing women. Man, everybody just hard nipples. I don't know. It's that time. Sign of the times. It's that time. I don't know. And another thing that we forgot to mention is that last week was our 300th episode. Three hundred things. Three hundred. That's crazy, ain't it? Three hundred. Three hundred yeah, episodes in six years. We hit our sixth year of the friend zone, which is actually we've this been working, week. Y'all. Yeah, we've been working, which is such a feat. And honestly, I think when you're in it, you don't even realize how much you've been working until you sit back and really count. Like, holy shit, three hundred episodes that are each at least two and a half hours long. <laughs> A lot of of hours. (laughs) That's a lot of talking, a lot of creating, a lot of thinking. (laughs) Talking, talking, talking. Ooh, the binge is going to be good this week. And actually, don't forget to sign up to our Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash the Friend Zone podcast. Asante will be uh, facilitating the season finale recap of Encore. That episode was Funny to me, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Look at that's right. Face. I can't wait. I gotta to get to the Patreon. In. Get to the Patreon. We have so many exciting things over there. We've got the binge coming up soon. Fran just dropped the woo. Destin gets a TL weekly, and I just dropped some for y'all too. There's a little something for everybody. Over did there. it went up this morning? Asante's episode of ETA went up at nine nine in the morning. So. We have something for everybody. You know, our live streams are going to be kicking off soon. So definitely check that out. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash the friend zone podcast and make sure and get you some summer merch from shop friendzone.com. Just now that we have to get get that out the way. Get your song. Yeah. (laughs) So let's jump into the black business of the week. Unless you guys have anything you want to add, anything you want to share. Nothing that you have to no. announce this week. No, just thank, check out Revolt Black News. Shout out to Revolt Black News. I was over there again this week discussing um, New York's mask mandates, COVID mm. mandates all across the country. Mm-hmm. Great conversation um, with my girl, Ebony K. Williams and Rochelle Ritchie. Great media personality. So check that out on Revolt's um, YouTube channel, I believe. And it also airs on uh, the Revolt channel if you have it in your cable provider. You know what's Thanks. so bugged out? So... Uh, Ebony is close friends mm-hmm. with my best friend from high school, Lenara. 
And she, Lenara, oh, really? was on Real Housewives as her friend. And I was like, what uh-huh. is happening? Like, the world uh-huh. is... Claude hit me and was like, are you watching TV? I was like, no. He's like, turn it on. And so they're... Fr- I'm like, this world is so small. So small, and right? I think they went to college together, maybe. They might be lying sisters. Wow. I actually need to hit Lenara and ask because I'm going to be like, girl, What? That's Dustin's co- wow. like that's crazy. That's so crazy. Like everything is right just there. Interconnected. Just interconnected. Super super cool. But I just wow, had to say that because I thought that was super season. crazy. That's right. And girl, that's why they say. <laughs> that's why they say it's all about who you know. Okay. You, know, you better make sure you really you managing these relationships. Because you just because never, you never know. know who knows who. Like you that's never so know. out. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. So let's get into the black business of the week. Do you guys follow the Humans of New York Instagram or at least aware of the brand where they highlight? Yeah. <laughs> Like different people's lives, what they've been through, and just a a way to to really share about the experiences that people are going through. So they highlighted a a man by the name of Tony Hillary this week. That's H-I-L-L-E-R-Y. And he was talking about this company he created called Harlem Grown. And it was founded in 2011. And it's an independent nonprofit org whose mission is to inspire youth to lead healthy and ambitious lives through mentorship and hands-on education in urban farming, sustainability, and nutrition. Uh, The cool thing is that they have 10 urban agricultural facilities ranging from soil-based farms, hydroponic greenhouses, and school gardens. You know when you see those random empty lots in Harlem that you'd be like, Mm -hmm. damn, they could really Mm -hmm, do something mm -hmm. with that, just be full of weeds and garbage. So he's created this nonprofit that actually turns those lots into small urban gardens, and then he gathers the youth, teaches them sustainability, how to grow their own food, and they have all kinds of initiatives that integrates that lifestyle of farming with their schooling, with their mental health, community based. You know, it's it. just so well rounded. And the fact that I never heard of this kind of blew my mind because I'm like, what? Where has this yeah, been? Um, and I was so happy in Harlem. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Um, he and I'm on there about me on there, harlemgrown.org. And it says, he writes, mm-hmm. healthy habits start young, start young, which is why our programs target elementary age students. Because food justice is more than just providing and distributing food. Our model seeks to positively impact the entire community through mentorship, education, and partnerships to create sustainable change. One of the many ways we fulfill our mission is by raising support for the physical renovation of abandoned lots in Harlem, transforming them into thriving urban farms. That's I mean, bomb. game changing. And if you go I know on, that's right. yeah, and if you go on their Instagram, which is Harlem Grown, you see all the images of the kids growing <laughs> all their vegetables, their little farmer outfits. Being rewarded they just seem for so their happy. Work, watching stuff grow. That's cool. Being rewarded. <laughs> yeah. And he said, you know, a lot of these kids are going through so much at home. And this is just like a place where they just get to just breathe for a second and and kind of just forget all of that and be in community and be with their friends, learning something new, you know, growing their own food, developing these skill sets and just feeling good for at least a couple hours out of the day. And that really touched me because you know what that's like. So Shout out to Tony Hillary. 
um, harlemgrown.org if you would like to donate because um, it says if you're interested in supporting the mission, you can participate in the youth programs, which is awesome. You can volunteer or you can make a one-time or reoccurring donation um, for sponsorship opportunities, reach out to info at harlemgrown.org. So had to put that on the radar because that is literally that. life goals donations. for me. Like I would love you to be a part of some. Yeah, donations. donations. Okay. But Harlem Grown. Okay. Get them grown nations out. Harlem Grown Nations. Yeah, so put that, put that, put some coins towards the kids because this is an initiative that we absolutely have to support. So that's it for the Black Business of the Week. Love some Let city programs. Out. Man, shout out to Tony Hillary. Um, last week's episode, now let's jump into the recap, was titled Slow Roll It. <laughs> Dustin, a lot of people were dying because they knew that this was you. <laughs> Now, but remember what I said last week. I said, if we name this show Slow Roller, you're going to watch, you're going to see by the response that we were right on target. I told you, you really Slow were. Roll It. <laughs> we got into our psych bag. We tapped into the public lives of Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, and Tiger Woods to discuss whether being the best in any field, really, is worth the cost of your mental health. A lot of you listening had a lot to say. I really love that episode, by the way. It was just so good. Me too. It was great, friend. It was friend. such a great conversation. And thank you guys for always stepping up with me. So, Asante, who stood out to you in the conversation? Uh, I would like to give a shout out to the Friend Zone listeners that always decide to send out emails. The Friend Zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com is uh, always active and popping. I chose Mar, whose subject is Slow Roll It, the title of the episode. Uh, shout out to Mara, family of the uh, of the show. Hey, y'all. Love this week's episode. And Fran bringing up the movie about Venus and Serena, uh, <clears throat> Venus and Serena's upbringing, and also Tyler, the creator's Hot 97 interview was right in tandem. And also crazy that I think it can tie into uh, y'all's older episode on nurture versus nature. Mystic Zone continues to strike. Definitely agree that a good balance has to be okay. maintained. My parents definitely made sure to be especially attentive to anything I was interested in and made sure that I saw it through, and that if I genuinely didn't take it anymore, they'd pull me out, not always immediately, because like Asante said, sometimes it cost heavy coin. But I also wonder, especially in these 20-somethings, <laughs> how different my trajectory would have been had my family been as strict as Tiger's parents were. But I guess since my interests were similar to most mm. of those in my family, it probably simplified things as my parents, uh, as my as parents, since it was something familiar to them. But definitely dope to dig into. Made me want to have a conversation with them about it. Love you guys to the moon and back. I thought that was dope because we touched on so many mm. cool topics last week. And that was like a really cool thread. Yeah. Like people in this industry are just people. And so to see like how they were driven, uh, whether it was something uh, familial or whether it was something in, from themselves. It's always good for us to take that auto within ourselves to see what we got going on and what we had. What did you find out there in them streets, Fran? Yeah. So Tony Mike in the Twitter street said, Fran, I think you hit the nail on the head about the parent's job being to guide a human being. My father refused to let me play football because he broke his legs when he was in school. He then demanded that I, pay, that I play baseball and I refused. Instead, I joined the swim team. I swam sophomore, senior year of high school, won many meets and division titles, and he attended all of one swim meet in three years. I feel parents forget that children are not explicitly here as a vessel for their dashed dreams. Your purpose as a parent is to guide, 
nurture and support your child in their interests. Safe to say my dad and I have a great relationship now, but it took a very long road to get here. Mm. And a lot of people were sharing similar stories, just kind of um, acknowledging the fact that their parents only give them a certain type of attention as long as they're doing what their parents want them to do. And like mm -hmm. Tony Mike said, we're not here for your dashed dreams, parents. <laughs> we have our own mm -hmm. assignment. We have our own interests. And if anything, you were a vessel, which we're thankful for. We're grateful. <laughs> but it is important to allow people to figure out what they came here to do because it's not always going to be what you a came here to do. A hard lesson that parents and have thank to you learn for everyone that and are taught often. <laughs> a very hard lesson. And I'm sure it's not easy because I'm sure as parents, if we were parents, we would be trying to... <laughs> I think about that all be the like, time. You sure you want to do when that? When they show how kids, yeah. how they keep parents in check, I'd be like, oh, hell no. I couldn't be doing that. And then, you know, imagine going <laughs> off on your child one day and then they shatter your whole, like, universe. They're like, oh, shit. This really ain't about me. Yeah. This is some bullshit. And your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Because I know we're going to have expectations. Like, it's hard not to, especially because you're like, you're my kid. You know, you represent me. And it's like, okay. Okay, mom. <laughs> but Dustin, what you I find? say bathe every day. I, I, what I find is that my ch children would just have to have good hygiene habits and like be good, good intention, good natured people, and then the rest of it that's on them. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna set right. them up I'm so chill. that they'll be all right. But Amen. I'm not gonna be tripping like that. Like you got to be who the fuck you are. I, that's I how you hope. got here anyway. Because I, I was hope. fucking being who I was. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I hope that so I would be, be like that. Oh wait, actually, I have one last one. I forgot that I had two for Twitter. Um, Valerie said, uh, "Just listen to the episode." And Beyonce and her dad definitely had many challenges. I remember in her documentary, she mentioned that she constantly sought his approval and she surmised that he never fully gave it to her because that would make her work harder. Mm. Yikes. A lot of what she talked about in that documentary reinforced that she spent a lot of time unlearning that tendency towards being so self-critical self due to that foundation. So I don't know if she'd do it all the same again if given the chance, especially seeing herself as a mom now. Thank you, Valerie, because I didn't even catch that documentary. She friends with Beyonce <laughs> or something? Apparently, that's from a documentary. <laughs> How she know I mean? Did she work at, was it a Parkwood account? <laughs> no. Who sent that, friend? Because I'm like, you sound like you know Beyonce. They know something like, we don't know, know. You know Beyonce. <laughs> Girl, well, I well, actually, she's been through a lot because her daddy said <laughs> and her mama said, and that's why she said it existentially. <laughs> Like, well, who the fuck is this? Who, you Solange? Who it might this? be. It might be. <laughs> anyway, I love I love an informed opinion, though, so I celebrate it. But goddamn, who was that? You know what I'm saying? That's how you respond. You're going to clear it up. You clear some shit. Well, no. Well, actually, what that's how she pulled up on us. She did. Well, I love receipts. it. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, so this week I just want to give a, uh, it's a tale of two responses, essentially, right? And this is this is just just to kind of show people how to be a good sport about things, right? So there's a a meme of Nini that went viral where she was uh, actually running a race in the street in heels in her neighborhood, right? Oh. And as you can see, everybody's been using. I know you guys have seen oh, that video see. going around. Y'all have seen that video going That's around. That's where you know, it's coming weekend. from because I saw that her people put her in like an explosion yes. behind her or something. <laughs> So many things, right? So in that scene that um, on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, this was like season two or three, probably season two. Um, 
Nene had a, a, a walk run or whatever for charity in her neighborhood where everybody had to wear heels. Even the guys had to wear run in high heels. Oh, so this was like her finishing the race. She was exhausted or whatever. It turned into a meme where people use it for whatever, like, you know, tying it into the encore from BET. People, people said that's how Pam was running off the stage when they started doing secular music. You know what I'm saying? She couldn't wait to finish her song and get off the stage before they started secular music. So it's funny, right? So a Twitter user named The Credit Cutie, uh, The Credit C-U-T-I-E-E, she said she used the meme. It's going viral. She's got like over 30,000 likes for this tweet. She used the meme and she said, Holly Berry fighting to get her son back in another movie, right? <laughs> and so, you know, she started running, you know, fighting to get her son back again because, you know, they say Holly Berry does that in every movie, right? So Holly Berry <laughs> quoted the tweet. I knew it. I was literally going to say, and I bet you Holly Berry responded because she'd be on there cracking She was jokes. laughing. She was laughing. She was laughing, right? Just being a really good sport. So this meme starts, so that's Holly's response, right? So this meme starts going viral, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's using it, creating different jokes. And so um, obviously people have been saying, you know, like, oh, NeNe, this is her impact. You know, it just goes to show you how much fun she was to watch on TV and, you know, how much she gave to reality television or whatever. So um, people, you know, tweeted NeNe, like, you know, how you feel about this or whatever. Um, I know you're getting so much joy from, you know, uh, doing, you know, people celebrating this meme. NeNe responds to the tweet. She said, joy, question mark, not really, exclamation point. I'm not making a dime off of any of these thousands of meme. That memes, meme. I'm not making a dime off of any of these thousands of meme. Hashtag SMH, never have. (laughs) So just a tale of two responses. I'm not even (laughs) going to say... I'm not going to offer nothing else. You guys can draw your own conclusions, mm-hmm. but this is why right, right here, I okay, from things like that. And I just you wanted to share that with everybody. Don't be like that. Be a good sport <laughs> when people are literally cele- celebrating you, showing you love, like having a good time and also keeping your name relevant right. because you're not on television right now. This is a direct connection with fans and an audience that can support new projects that you have. Why would you be so sour and negative about it? Yeah. Why? Instead of just being a good sport. But anyway, just wanted to share that with wow. you all. That was perfect. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs, for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day, and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. And actually, Dustin, it's a Dustin Ross takeover this week. <laughs> I was trying to do 
It's a Dustin Ross takeover this week, so let us know what we're getting into. It is a Dustin Ross takeover this week, um, and I'm very excited to be here. You guys know that normally when I take this thing over, I drive us down the street of the crime zone. So that's where we're going again this week, <laughs> goddammit. It's easy for me. It's fun for us. It works for everybody. <laughs> so uh, this week, um, we're going to just kick it, as you know. In our opening clip this week, we started off with a song that said, your mama's on crack rock, and don't laugh because it might be your mama too. <laughs> well, that was in alignment with this week's story um, because this could happen to any of our mamas uh, on some of y'all daddies too, quite as it's kept, because I got that. Oh, that's another story for another time. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk today about a woman named Toby Dorr, D-O-R-R. Now, are any either of you familiar with Toby Door. Have you ever heard the story of Toby Door? That's T O B Y. Uh oh. No bells are ringing. Okay. Well, this comes from an uh, October 2020 issue of The Atlantic. And you can find this story on theatlantic.com. It was written by Michael J. Mooney. And it tells the story of Toby Door. So we're going to take a, a trip down the crime zone lane. Shall we? Let's take okay. a long walk. And it's a long walk because this woman it was uh, her damn. But anyway, you'll see. So, oh gosh, a little bit of background, right? Because you always have to. I, when I t- talk about things like this, I always like to know more about the backgrounds of each of the players involved, right. not just like, what happened in this situation. How did we get here? How did we get here? Who are these people that would be led to making these decisions? And it just makes the story so much more robust. And so, shout out to Michael J. Mooney because he provided a lot of detail in this article that I felt was essential to us really getting the feeling. You know, from this story. So a little bit about Toby Dora, right? She never ran a red light, never rolled through a stop sign. She's like a law-abiding person. So, well, she was like a law-abiding person. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Just straight-laced, kind of just played it safe through life. You know, women like that. And I've every honestly, I've met two girls named Toby, and, and they were both like that, easygoing. You know what I'm saying? Like just whatever. So I don't know if it's a Toby thing, <laughs> but that's how she was. Um and so she never, like, she always got really good grades in school, never was, like, out all late all night and shit like that. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? She was a good person. And so um, presently she's in her early 60s and she's living um, her life. You know what I'm saying? People could say it was, like, her best life or whatever, the life that a woman of a certain age would live, you know, just taking it easy, working at a library, you know what I'm saying, whatever, just doing her thing. But if people are from Kansas City, they remember, like, a different Toby Carr and a different, or excuse me, a different um, Toby Door and a different Toby Door story, right? So she's been stared at in restaurants and pointed at on sidewalks and shit, like talk oh. of the town, right? That's why I had to ask, like, do y'all know who Toby Door no, is? No, I never I know. But apparently it was a whole thing. It was a situation that we just didn't know about, but now we do, damn it. Um, and so for more than a decade, people in Kansas City argued about, you know, the Toby Door story and you know, whose side to be on, if you understood where she was coming from or not. So I just felt like this would make a perfect story for us to talk about and dissect today, right? I'm with it. And this is the one you said someone tweeted us? Yes. Yeah, so shout out to Cece Adams, I believe is her oh, name. Yes. I'm glad. Oh, Thank Cece. you for saying that, Frank, because I definitely want to give yeah, yeah, I totally know who that is. Because I saw they sent, they sent it and were like, y'all need to do this story. But I didn't get a chance yep. to read it. C.C. Adams, that is her name, and shout out to her because she shared this story that, I, it, hell, it tickled my fancy, so that's why we're here. <laughs> shout out to you, C.C. 
Um, okay, so now, so the guy I, that wrote the article obviously went and interviewed um, Toby Dork presently, current day, you know, just to see what her reflection was on the time that she spent in this story that I'm promised I'm going to start telling you about <laughs> now. But it's just so wild that, that anyway, let's just get to it, okay? So Toby Dore, like I said, she grew up in Kansas, um, the Kansas State uh, side of Kansas City in the early 1960s. Um, her, lame, her last name back then was Fallon, and she was the oldest of seven kids, five girls and two boys coming from a middle-class Catholic family, right? Um, so when she was five years old, her father was outside burning willow branches in their backyard, and the fire, like, flared on his face and fucked him up. Oh, shit. Um, and... Yeah, his ears melted off and oh, like his shit. flesh was like rolling down his body. Yeah. yeah. Um and so he was hospitalized for like eight months and she was the oldest, so she had to take care of all her younger siblings. I told you her mom and them had a litter. It was like seven or eight of them motherfuckers. So <laughs> she was the oldest, so she had to take care of them or whatever. Um and you know, she changed diapers, made lunches. She literally was more like a, a third parent than she was like an older sibling to the kids. And that, I think that contributed to her being so straight laced early in life and just really kinda like playing the game by the rules, you know what I mean? And just making sure that things were done. And so while her father was, like I said, hospitalized for those eight months, she played that role. And then after he came back, he instantly, even though he could barely move his arms, he went right back to working on the railroad as a machinist. Um, and so he really instilled like a hard work ethic in all of his children based on that. Just think about it. Like your skin literally fell off. You ain't got no ears and shit. And you went back to working on the railroad all the live long day. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is really something to see. So that's where she came from, right? And his mantra was, Toby's father, that is, his mantra was to tell his children, deal with whatever life gives you, deal with it. You just got to deal with what life gives you, right? I mean, shit. Okay, and so being the Toby that she was, she internalized that and she became a real perfectionist. Um, fucking it up for her younger siblings because she did everything right, never really broke any rules or things like that. Anything that her younger siblings did was 10 times more amplified as a poor choice, you know? So she was the president of the shit in high school, dated the star of the team. This is really like a textbook story. Yeah. Um, and she really tried to be positive. So she literally dealt with... Um, the pains of life that came later in her own way. She ended up uh, getting married to her high school boyfriend. Um, she said that it was a real lackluster, passionless um, proposal. He just was like, we might as well get married. And she was like, All right. And they got married when they were 20. Yeah. We just going with the flow. They got married when they were 20. Might as well do it. Might as well do it. For real. Ooh. So, you know what I'm saying? They got married at 20, bought a house not too far from her parents, and they had three children in four years. God. So by the time she was 24, she had three children. But the middle child, who was a daughter, the only girl, she died a few oh. hours oh, after my. the birth. So this kind of triggered Toby into like a, you know, she was already in this passionless marriage or whatever. Um, the baby died, whatever. And so she just kind of shut down and she stayed really, really busy and just ignored all emotional connections. Um, her husband, who remember that was her high school sweetheart boyfriend, this nigga was a firefighter and she worked at a utility company. Raised their two sons, had them sons in all kinds of sports and stuff. And on top top of all of that, she actually went to college at nighttime. So Damn. she was taking care of home, raising her kids, and um, helping her husband out 
and going to college at night. Ended up graduating um, with a double major in accounting and business administration okay. with honors. So she was really book smart um, and just handled her business. So when she was uh, 30, she was working at Sprint. This was in 1987, y'all, right? Project manager at the time, and there was always a new problem to solve um, and a more efficient way of doing something. And she, she was the type of employee who would work relentlessly to figure it out, right? But when all the dot-com shit came along, people didn't need um, systems development, project managers, and things like that. So when the dot-com bust came along in 2001, there goes her 14-year career down the tubes, oh right? Goodness. There's nothing for her to do. So she'd already lost this baby. Now her job's gotten taken away from her, whatever, right? So at this point... Mama started working part-time at a vet clinic, right? How she ended up there, whatever. She did love animals as a kid and stuff, but she ended up doing that in, you know, after separating from her from Sprint, which they did her dirty because I know Sprint had the money. I had Sprint for years, and I wasn't, you know, they always got the money from me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody I know had Sprint paid the bills. So what, they couldn't help her out with a job. But anyway, so in 2004, right, Toby asked one of the veterinarians about a vet veterinarians about a lump on her neck, right? And the vet told her that she needed to go to the doctor. It ended up being thyroid cancer. Oh my! And at forty-seven, Jesus Christ! Yeah, she started confronting herself and questioning herself about her purpose again. She played it safe for all these years, right? Tried her best, but she kept seeing all these life circumstances that were really fucked up and hard yes. to deal with. Now I ain't trying to make y'all feel sorry for, her, oh. okay? Because later on, <laughs> but, but you know, this is how we got here or whatever, oh, right? <laughs> so she decided at this point, at 47 years old, that she didn't know how much time she had left on this earth. So much shit had kept happening. She was like, fuck it. You know, she wanted to do something that was going to literally make the world a better place. So in the fog of her cancer treatments, she would watch um, this show on the animal planet called Cell Dogs, right? And on this show, Cell, C-E-L-L. And on the show... Each episode will focus on a different prison's dog adoption program, right? Which will usually follow the inmates while they train these unruly shelter dogs and prep them to go to, like, new homes. So I had oh, no wow. idea that this existed, yeah. where shelter dogs or rescue dogs are funneled sometimes into the prison system as part of this program um, for them to domesticate the dogs even more, train them or whatever, and then get them to a family to adopt them, right? Sounds cool, right? Yeah. What's oh, the catch? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. So, I know. So like, she oh. said, so she, you know, she's going through her thing and she was like, you know what? This is it. I always wanted to be a vet when I was little. You know what I'm saying? I had these kids. This is my passion. Like, this is what I, I found it. Like, I, I found a thrill on Blueberry Hill. You know what I'm saying? This is what I want to do. <laughs> so she wants to start a prison, you know, dog program or whatever, right? So she told her husband. And this nigga was like, Toby, that's just TV. People don't do that in real life. Now, mind you, it's a reality show, but whatever. <laughs> he told her that that was some TV shit. It wasn't smart. Like, she shouldn't even pursue it or whatever, right? Um, so because she was kind of discouraged by that, she tried to do the next best thing, which was start a dog fostering program, right? So, of course, remember how much of a workhorse this Toby lady is. So she makes a website, and within a week... She had heard from someone at this place called the Lansing Correctional Facility, which is a state prison in Leavenworth County, Kansas, right? Because remember I told you she was a Kansas City hoe, so that's like her hood. <laughs> so 
asking if she had any interest in starting a program there. And I was like, damn, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Here they come asking me, do I want to start this program? So she's like, yeah, that's my dream. Of course, fuck him. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? I hate him anyway. Been with him since high school. The motherfucker halfway asked me to marry him and shit. I guess we should get married. You know what I'm saying? So at this point, she's like, my living is in vain. So I'm about to start doing it for me or whatever. She was going for hers. So she went two days later. She drove to the prison and gave um, the executive staff a presentation of her idea or whatever. And two days after that, which was now August 13th, 2004, she bought she brought rather seven shelter dogs into the prison and began the Safe Harbor Prison Dog Program. So that was her thing. She found seven dogs in two days. I don't know what the hell she was doing to get seven dogs in two days, seven rescues, but she found them. She strike me as the type of motherfucker that literally just went outside with like a rope and like some burlap sacks sure. or whatever and put live dogs in. It was like, <laughs> I'm getting these seven motherfuckers. I'm showing up with, with a I'm showing up with a crew. So the idea of her program was to let inmates that qualify with good behavior house dogs inside their cells. And with her guidance, they would prepare the dogs for adoption, right? Now, a lot of these men had gone years, some even like decades, without any affection or touch from humans, right? Mm. But a dog, you know, they could hug, they could lie in the bed with the dog, talk to the dogs, tell them their troubles and shit in the dog. Uh, I mean, it can't talk, so it's just going to look back at you. That's why people connect with dogs, because <laughs> they can't talk. Dogs probably be thinking in whatever their language is, like, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? And that's why they looking at us while we thinking they actually care. Them dogs be looking at us confused and shit. But anyway, the option was it was there for some sort of, you know, engagement or interaction with something living right. for these prisoners. So it really worked. So... The program immediately changed the atmosphere in this prison, right? Because during the day, there would be dogs in the yard. Dogs, you know, walking down the hallways with that the hands. That is so cute. Right? Yeah, and anybody who wanted to come up and pet a dog could do it. It just literally, like, softened of up course. everybody in the prison environment, which I knew you would love. You know friend. it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> um. So, obviously, more and more of the inmates would want dogs, right? And more people in the community would start calling Toby when they found, like, abandoned dogs and rescues to all you trifling-ass motherfuckers that just give let your dogs run out the yard and shit when you're tired of taking care of them. We know y'all. We see what y'all are doing or whatever. Y'all could have just dropped it off to Toby. <laughs> Toby would have came and picked that, what, that dog up herself. But anyway, so she totally, at this point, quit working for the vet clinic, right? Like, she was like, fuck it, I'm not even working for the vet clinic whatsoever. Started doing her own thing. Um, she turned the barn behind her house into a literal kennel where she kept the dogs before they were assigned to an inmate. So soon she was actually working from, like, 6 in the morning to midnight every single day with all the duties that, you know, came about from this. She had to organize adoptions. She had to shuttle, you know, dogs back and forth to vet clinics for spaying and neutering, which... Some people need to be oh spayed and neutered too, but that's another conversation for another time. You know, letting the dogs all out in her barn, letting them run around and play a few times a day. This was a whole operation at this point, right? So she also, this meant that she also had to spend several hours a day helping the inmates to train the dogs, right? So before Safe Harbor, the program she started, obviously she was not the type of person that had ever been inside the prison walls or anything like that. Um, and she didn't even know anybody personally who served time. She was a straight-laced, you know, just play-by-the-rules type of bitch. Yeah. So now there was weeks when she was at the prison every day, spending more time there than even, like, some, some of the guards and shit, right? She was literally hands-on at the prison all the time. 
So over 18 months, she facilitated about a thousand adoptions. So she was all in the local a news, thousand. newspaper. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thousand dogs. That's me. That means it was a thousand dogs just running around stray. That's crazy in that in area. In a year and a half. But, um, That's insane. In a year and a half. So she was obviously getting donations, you know, money for like dog food, leashes and shit she would need, pooper scoopers, all that, you know. And this was a, th- a thing that turned into like its own t- full service operation. She sent out a weekly <clears throat> newsletter to thousands of subscribers and it was really taken off. Well, her hating ass husband resented the program, right? He was over it. Obviously, he had shit on it in the first place. And so now, you know, that it's popping, he's really resentful of it. And even though she didn't admit it to anybody at the t- time, she says now that she was very unhappy in her marriage from the beginning, you know, which we knew from the way that it went down, but at the time she didn't know. So her husband, who obviously was unhappy too, he would start disappearing to play golf and stuff. And, um, you <laughs> know, play. he was kind of doing golf. his golf. <laughs> he was doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Right, friend. And she, so she was trying to save their marriage and said, well, you know what? I'm going to take golf lessons too. Number one, I got them a damn money because my shit is popping. Okay. And maybe this is a way to like bring us together. Man, he told her, well, I go golfing with my friends. I don't I don't golf with you. I go golf with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. So now this bitch is lonely, you know what I'm saying? She, like, totally, like, just out here, you know what I'm saying? Lonely, got a man that ain't doing shit for her, not stimulated, already grieving a great loss, you know what I mean? Just a lot of life happened, and then this nothing-ass nigga is, like, I don't even care, like, you on your She's own. She's not even in love so, and still trying to fix it, and he's not meeting her halfway. That's wild. And jealous. So... Now, she was the person who was getting this love and affection from the dogs that she, she was providing to the inmates as well. She was receiving this, the same benefit, right? Something to nurture yeah. and kind of just love on, you know, show some affection. And the dog handlers, of course, they loved her too. You know, she changed the prisoners, the inmates' lives by introducing <laughs> this program to them. Like, so they loved might, her too, you know? We're bracing ourselves. I know. I'm like, oh, is she going to start sleeping with the dogs? I don't know where this is going. You never know. Well, so a lot of times, right? <laughs> so remember, it's a prison. She's working in the prison, whatever. So and she's she's really influential, you know, big deal in the system, right? So a lot of times, people would be hesitant to just approach her, just walk up to her and say things or whatever, just engage with her with some formal introduction, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, not this guy named John Maynard, right? Um, the oh, day that boy. they met. <laughs> she said, this is her her recount of how this happened, right? She said the day that they met, the sun was behind him, and she said it looked like a fucking halo. Mm. And she said he walked right up to her and said that she needed him in her program, and he told her, I'm probably the best dog handler you've ever met. This is an you know? inmate? An inmate. Okay. His name is John Maynard. And she said that his confidence captivated her, you know what I'm saying? But she told him, well, you know, you have to get approved by the prison just like everyone else. And he did. So a few weeks later, um, you know, he was among the prisoners who gathered to receive their foster dogs. So most people who would get dogs from her in this program, they was happy with whatever dog they got. They just wanted to participate, right? But not this guy. When it was his term, this John Maynard guy, he went and evaluated each and every dog, patted them, you know, examined them, you know, took a second or two to think about, like, deliberating and shit, really, like, browsing, basically, these dogs and shit, right? And she had never seen nothing like that. So it kind of, like, threw her off. In addition to the fact that the motherfucker was 6'2", 
right? She said he was lean and he had close cropped red hair. So he was a ginger, a tall, <laughs> lean ginger with an assortment of tattoos. Okay. And she said that the, the tattoo that was arching over his, ar- arcing, excuse me, over his navel, it read hooligan. So okay. he had a, he was tall, a tall ginger with close cropped like hair. Now, like that's it. important to me. Because most of the time for a ginger or like a white boy or something like that to be fine to black people, they got to have a close crop. You know that? They, it looked like they go to the black barbershop. You know what I'm saying? So he had that with tattoos and all that, and he was a ginger. So she probably was curious, wanted to know if the curtains matched the drapes. You know, if he was a real ginger or whatever. Just say so, it one more time. whatever. So, you know, right, you know, the curtains matched a ginger, a real one. So... Six foot two and lean, tatted up. You know, it was on. She said it was just something different about him. So, obviously, he made a hot box throb. Okay. So, she said that he was serving a life sentence for his participation at age 17 in a carjacking that resulted in a man getting fatally shot. This is very Mm. common. This actually happened to someone I know personally. You know, this is real common for for this this to happen to young people or whatever. Mm. Um, And even though he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger... Um, and the prosecutor even said that they believed he didn't pull the trigger. You know, he still was, you know, he had committed a felony that led to someone's death. So he was convicted of first degree murder and he got a life sentence. God damn. So at this point, um, he was 25 Ooh. years old in the prison and Toby was 47. So she's 47. He's 25. Right. Um, after a few months of starting, <laughs> yeah. So a few months after he got into the program, um, Toby had heard some inmates making like sexual comments about her. Okay. Okay. This is after he started. She heard some inmates. You know, I'm no, I don't know what they were saying, but it was sexual comments. So she told the prison officials that she heard this because obviously this would make anybody nervous, especially a yeah. woman. You know what I'm saying? Working in a men's prison, right. if she hears. People making sexual this comments. Ain't, this ain't love dangerous. after lockup. <laughs> right. So um, when she told the prison officials, she, she was told to keep some of the dog handlers that she had gotten to know with her personally with her, you know, at all times when she was inside the prison. So basically get secure, free security, right? Which I'm not sure why she agreed to any of that because that's not a solution to what she said the issue was. They should have provided her with some sort of like structure or something, you know what I'm saying, to make her feel safe. But whatever, this is what she got. So another time soon after that, um, she was with two handlers that were staying with her when another inmate threatened her. And he actually wanted his girlfriend to outside of the prison to adopt the dog that he had fostered. But she lived a few hours away and she was having trouble getting a ride to the prison. Okay, And it had been over eight weeks since this was supposed to happen. So when Toby asked the inmate about it, he started yelling at her, swearing, raised his fist like he was going to fuck her up. You know what I'm saying? And so she started tripping. Obviously, this nigga going crazy on her. So she turns around and asking, you know, people for help. But the other handlers were looking down, unwilling to challenge this motherfucker. So obviously, he was like a big deal in the prison. You know how those prison gangs Uh and those hierarchies work or whatever. Wasn't nobody going to fuck with him, right? And so she really thought he was going to fuck her up. But then, who came walking toward her? Hooligan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hooligan. That's his name. Okay. So the handsome hooligan starts walking towards her or whatever. And she said she could feel the re- the relief deep in her chest. But I think her titties had just got on hard because she was turned on. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it was relief in her chest. I think her titties got hard. But anyway, so he told the motherfucker to go back to his cell and the dude went, right? Okay. So obviously... John, like he was the man in the prison too. He was the new generation, the new, the new guy, mm-hmm. right? So 
He walked her out to the prison gate afterwards, and as soon as she got to her van, this is at, after that really crazy incident, she just collapsed in tears, and she was shaking and all that shit. And so she ended up calling her contact at the prison after that and saying that she was never going back inside the walls. Oh, she was only going to work from outside the walls, right? So that was oh, on a shit. Sunday. The next day, she got a call back, and her contact in the warden's office told her that she could have John Menard, the handsome ginger, right, Mm -hmm. paged whenever she arrived, and he would meet her at the front gate and walk her to each one of her appointments, um, and he would escort her throughout the prison, right? And so she agreed to that, but he ended up, he was only supposed to escort her through through the prison, but he ended up actually sitting in on the sessions with her or whatever and staying, like, like side by side with her the whole day. So they would end up actually spending, like, hours of time together as opposed to just like walking her from A to B or whatever right so later when the warden disputed the idea that Toby ever even had an assigned escort um, he and said that she could end up going wherever she needs to go in the prison of alone, alone which was a lie um, Toby she, you know that didn't sit well with her years later right when the shit hit the fan this is just a little nugget I want to add in when the shit hit the fan years later he said that that was all a lie. She could go wherever she needs to go in the prison alone, but it was already shit set in stone that redefined that, you, you know, confirmed that that was not the truth. So everybody here was corrupt. Right. That's what I'm sharing yeah. with you, right? They're trying to, to uh, distance uh, themselves mm-hmm. probably from the That's shit. That's right. Yeah. So this is things, you know, start going as normal, you know, from here on out. John Maynard is escorting her, doing his thing. He's basically like her right hand. Um, and so one morning he noticed that Toby was like distraught and frazzled and shit. And he asked her what was wrong. And she told him she had been at the hospital all night and that her father had stage four bladder cancer, bladder cancer and needed surgery. Yeah. Right. And she had just came like straight from the ICU or whatever. And so um, when she told him that John Maynard, the handsome ginger, told her, well, thank God your husband was there to drive you. She said he wasn't there, and he said there's no sense in both of us not getting a good night, good night's sleep, and that's why he wasn't coming. That's why he told her he wasn't coming to, like, see her father in the hospital with this cancer situation because one of them had to get a good night's sleep, right? Bro, what the fuck? So when she told John this, John said, Toby, why are you married to him? <laughs> Right. So now, as you can see, we're breaking, we're unlocking these doors of like, you know, transparency mm-hmm. between the two and of them. And he's trying to see where he's fitting now. He's like, all right, where he literally fit in. <laughs> they trying to get closer than close. So, as soon, all this as, soon happens, as, right? as soon as you say he told her, I know your husband picked you up. I already saw the setup. <laughs> you know what it was? Game 101. Because why are you talking to her about her Why are you asking? Why you need to know? Okay. A 47-year-old lady named Toby and your 25-year-old lean, that lean with it, rock with it, build ass. Machine gun Kelly looking ass, you know what I'm saying? Coming in there talking yeah, shit to her. Okay. So. so when he asked her that, she starts asking herself all these questions and realizing it's not really a marriage or whatever. So now her and him are spending more and more time oh, together or whatever. And she actually told her husband at this point, like, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. Yeah, she was completely, like, checked out of the marriage or whatever. So he dismissed the idea, which makes no sense to me, um, and uh, said that, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't have no reason to get a divorce. I don't hit you. I don't cheat you. I don't cheat on you. I'm not an alcoholic. I got a good job, whatever. And so what? Toby started thinking about the fact that her family loved him. Her siblings, you know, literally considered um, him their own brother. Like, they were really close. Think about it. They've been together since high school, yeah. right? And so she decided not to divorce him, basically, because of all the pressures from her family and everybody else. So she stayed. 
But now she felt the vibes, you know what I'm saying, from John in the jail or whatever. So here she is. So they would spend these hours and hours together every day, but they weren't allowed to have any physical touch, you know, because that's the rule. You can't have physical contact or whatever. And so she said that as they were getting closer, sometimes when she would pick apart a dog's fur to do a a tick treatment or whatever, and he would lean over to help, their hands would brush against each other and linger for a moment. So now... <laughs> now it's going down, right? Brush fingers lingling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now I don't know how romantic over you can get fleas. bonding over a flea yeah. and tick trick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta do what you gotta do, Make do. Ah, you but apparently and that was it. She was so she was, you know, it was hands, hands, hands. <laughs> okay. So that happened. And so she said that it was so insanely desirous, right? (laughs) Yes, it was really intense. So this electricity built between them over weeks and months. And um, at this point, they just started like fucking, like talking shit to each other. So he asked her, like, what you mean? They just like, no, 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 no. On top of the dog. If they did, she ain't put it in here. But I believe they I believe they was body rocking, knocking the boots, or at least the prison uh, house shoes, some corduroy prison slippers that was knocked. So, so the chemistry built over weeks. He flat out asked her if she would be with him if they weren't in if he wasn't in prison. And she said, I believe I would, or whatever, right? So he told her he loved her, he wanted to escape and be with her, or whatever. So she starts laughing that off. But they're obviously having an inappropriate relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Unethical because because it's at work, and also you know inappropriate because she's a married, she's married woman, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to know what that thing smelled like. You know what I'm saying? This nigga's in jail, younger than her. You know what I'm saying? He was like 27 at this point. She was like 49. You know what I mean? Like whatever. So she wanted it. She wanted that. He was a white boy, so I guess I was gonna say she wanted a dick, but he was a white boy, so she wanted that cock. She wanted that prison cock. That's what she wanted. She wanted. She wanted some of his McFlurry. He was a ginger. You know what I'm saying? She's like me want me magic, me delicious. She wanted to know. You know what I'm saying? She wanted some of that. She wanted some of that swashbuckling Irish cock. That's what she wanted. I just All want right. the record to reflect. So I just now, right now, mm-hmm. in this moment, <laughs> like like right here, remembered this tweet thread <laughs> and where you're about to go. And that's all I'm gonna say. Like that's why I'm over here freaking out because mm-hmm. I remember the headline. <sighs> I remember why mind you, I'm I'm holding this. So I just it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Everybody, everybody that met a redheaded person wanted to know what their pubic hair looked like. I, everybody, y'all know, y'all have. Don't even try to the carpet match the drapes. It's an age old question. All right. Oh my God, so, my cheeks hurt. Ooh. Okay, and hers was hurting too, baby, from getting <laughs> clapped, from getting that clapper in the prison. That's why. All right. So he said a McFlurry. Jesus Christ. She wanted, she wanted some of that McFlurry, baby. All right. So okay. So he starts telling her, you know what I'm saying, like that he wants to break out of prison and like escape to be with her. So of course at first she's laughing it off or whatever, but now she's thinking about it more and more cause she already hates her husband. She's mad at life for a lot of the, you know, the shitty hand that she got dealt. Yeah. And now this fine nigga in prison who's already a thug, you know what I'm saying? And she been a good girl all her life. Yeah. He's putting the moves on her. You know, of course she's thinking about it in her head, looking at apartments saying if he was out of prison, I'd get him that apartment, whatever. These are the thoughts she's having. So now he starts telling her literal ideas of ways to escape, right? He was gaming her ass up layer by layer, like layer by layer. Get close, get close, get close. Get out. He was playing the long con. Mm, mm, mm. He was. So long story short, they come up with this idea, right, where 
the prison that they were in, it was full of these like 18 by 36 inch cardboard boxes that the inmates would use to carry their belongings out or when they moved to a different cell from cell to cell, they right. would use these boxes, right? So this nigga starts like, fuck it, I'm finna figure out how to fit in this 18 by 36 inch box. Like I'm about what? to figure out how to get my body in there. He was already lean, but he lost more than 20 pounds in a few in a few weeks to make himself fit inside oh, this box, shit. right? <laughs> yep. And so after he got down to that size, you know, he actually told her that he had a dream one night where he figured out a way to pretzel himself inside that box. And when he woke up that next morning, he tried it and it worked, right? So now they're literally thinking of ways for him to get out of jail, whatever. So at this point, you know, he has this idea. They're trying to sneak out. They have a, a plan or whatever, but nobody's really taking action on it or whatever. So one of the unit leaders at the prison asked Toby's ass to take, like, get rid of cleanest area out, right? Get rid of some old equipment and shit, bowls, leashes, like all her dog shit in the big ass dog crate. You know, the big wire crates you put dogs in, mm -hmm. right? So her hot box having ass, you know, she's so horny and in a rush <laughs> to get to, you know, old boy so they can start fucking or whatever. She's like, wait a minute, you know, Eureka that crate can fit that box. You know what I'm saying? So if I can get his ass in that box in that crate, we can get him out of here when I get all this shit out, right? Bro, she was scheming at this point. She's on the dark side. So, okay, that happens. You know what I'm saying? She ends up, she gets this idea. So then they next, she starts putting things into action and into plan, right? So she got him a cell phone, okay, which was illegal. But he wanted a cell phone. Um, it was $500. She wanted to be able to talk to him anytime. Um, and since she didn't get searched outside, you know, when coming to the prison, she could smuggle the phone in or whatever. So now she gets him this cell phone and shit. On the phone, they end up talking for over 200 hours, you know what I'm saying? 12,000 minutes, you know, of, uh, this is what the phone records show, right? So um, as she has this secret burner phone or whatever. Toby's husband sees a text message because remember, she's still married. She got this, she got the redhead in jail <laughs> and then she got... Um, you know, her old man at the crib or whatever. So he, he sees a text from old boy to her that says, good morning, baby, I love you. Ooh. And she told him that it was a wrong number. <laughs> and he was so naive. And he thought that since they weren't fucking, she wasn't fucking nobody else. So he kind of just like let it blow off or whatever. Dummy. He didn't think about it. So now she's putting the plan into action even more. She took over $40,000 out of her 401k and bought a used truck for $5,000 and parked it in the storage unit between her house and the prison, right? Um, and when she went to the storage facility, uh, she was told that because it was so new, it didn't have security cameras yet, which was perfect for her. So she went with the storage unit to keep this secret truck that she was going to use in it between her and the prison. Um, and she said she still felt at this point like she was playing a game. She said even though she knew that she was making serious steps to do, you know, break this motherfucker out of prison, she said it's, it was just surreal for her. It still felt like she was playing a game or whatever. And so on Sunday, February 12, 2006, um, John Maynard told her that he was going to get in that box and the box would be inside the crate when that crate was loaded onto a farm wagon and transferred into Toby's van along with some of the dogs that she was taking to an adoption event that day. Um, and so that was the plan. That's what they were going to do at this point, right? So she goes to Walmart. She bought some men's clothes and enough food to last about a month. Um, he assured her that she wouldn't get into trouble and that everyone would think he had manipulated her. 
Um, and so that made her more comfortable to do this. And so, mm, okay. you know, she just, her sons was 21 and 25 by then and had already left the house. You know, she already hated her husband. So fuck it. She was like, you know what? I'm breaking them out of the jail and fuck it. Love over lockup. And I'm going to get it out the mud. We doing it. So. And she'd never so, done anything you know wrong saying? her whole life. So I bet the thrill of this was like something. Uh, yeah, she said euphoria. she wanted to hold his hand and hug him mm-hmm. and just live like real people. You know, that was her motivation. So the night before that escape, she said that it was both terrifying and exhilarating, right? Uh-huh. That's um, the word I was She was actually mm-hmm, exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Exhilarating. <laughs> Firing all cinders of pheromones. You just be hot, you know, and horny. It's exhilarating. Like, wow. Okay. Bad girl. I'm so this place. she said that. Uh huh. So the night before the escape, right? Um, she said that she was in the living room finishing up that week's newsletter for her organization, Safe Harbor, and her husband was in the recliner watching TV with his nothing, doing nothing, and never doing nothing as. And so she said that he got up and told her she was going to bed, and she said she still had work to do and still be up. So he said, "Okay, good night." And instead of saying good night, she said goodbye. Mm. Okay. And he didn't. He didn't even question it. He just turned around and kept on going up the steps, like "girl, fuck you." And just went upstairs. They hated each other. It was a lifeless marriage. Right. So she couldn't sleep that night. She kept going over the plans, and she worried that she was gonna fuck up the play or whatever. But whatever. So the next morning comes along, um, and the wind was in the teens, and it was spitting snow. So it was an ice cold morning that day, like really just cold. Um, she pulled her fan up to the prison gate. She could see the dog handlers lined up, stomping their feet to stay warm while they waited for her to get them dogs. But she didn't see the farm wagon or the wire crate. So now she's tripping because what's going on? I didn't fucking left my husband, damn it. Set all this shit up and I don't see the crate, whatever. And so a few minutes passed and she said that it wasn't coming. And she said that she almost felt a sense of relief like, well, damn. I guess we're not going to do, do it, it after all. She was actually she was actually glad that she was, you know, not going to be have to do it anymore. Yeah. You know, that's what she really wanted. But she said that all of a sudden, here comes the farm wagon around the corner, right? Oh, and she said that it seemed real all of a sudden. She could see how flat the wagon's tires were because it just looked like it was something way heavier than a few bowls and leashes in there, but nobody else seemed to notice. And the guards opened up the gate. She opened the back of her van for the dogs, um, they were making small talk with the with the guards or whatever, and they put that crate in there, closed that door, and she got on down the road. So they didn't broke, they've escaped and got him out of prison. Right? Oh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? And so she said that she he didn't say anything at first when they were in the crate, and she was yelling, John, are you in there? And he didn't say anything, but then his arm just bust out the box, and she heard him hyperventilating, and he was like, let me out, you know what I'm saying, hyperventilating or whatever. Changed clothes in the back of that van, told her to drive, and she headed towards her house, put the dogs in the back of the kennels, um, and and that was it. (laughs) They put the dogs at, because remember, she had them dogs that she was supposed to take to that adoption event. So she put them in the kennels, he told her um, to get guns. She was scared and wouldn't do it, so he went into the house and got two pistols into her and her husband's house, right? This nigga then walked oh up in the God. house and got two pistols. Um, he told her that they would be carrying a lot of cash and that would scare anybody away that tried to mess with them. They left the house, went to the storage facility. He drove the truck out, and she backed the van in, locked the unit, hopped in the truck, and off they went. Boom. Boom. Gone. Off they went, right? The original plan... 
was for them to take a different route and go to a lakeside cabin in Tennessee that John had reserved under a fake name, which, duh, using the cell phone that Toby gave him. Because obviously they wanted to stay for like, you know, interstates and big highways and shit. So they headed north towards the Smoky Mountains, but this nigga was talking so fast that she could barely keep up or whatever, and he was excited to just be out, blah, 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 eating snacks. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, so... They wanted to keep stopping and like taking it in and enjoying themselves. Really <laughs> you know, eating snacks, you know. So oh God, they end up stopping at a rest stop because he told her like, "Babe, you got to fucking hit hit on the gas. We got to get away from this area right, as fast right, right. as we can. We can't keep just having a good time. Mm-hmm. We got to go." So they stop at a rest stop, um, and they came went to the bathroom. They came out at the same time, and he leaned down and kissed her. And it was the first, um, you know, man, man that she had kissed other than her husband in her whole life. So Damn, she was boring. just literally like, right. So, <laughs> um, so then she said they kissed and it was this real euphoric moment. But then he asked her to give him her cell phone so that he could throw it in the lake. Mm, right. Okay. So that was kind of like a red flag for her. But she was like, whatever. So he starts driving and she's like navigating with the road map. It would have been a 10-hour drive if they went the direct way, but because they had to go on the back roads to kind of stay low-key, it took over 24 hours to get there, right? Mm. She didn't sleep, blah, 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 but they ended up getting to the cabin in Tennessee. So um, when they got to the to the cabin in Tennessee, she opened her laptop to find the directions that she had downloaded earlier, but she couldn't find them because her dumb ass had forgot what she had named the file, oh, right? Shit. Trying to be sneaky and name it something obscure. So he started tripping. He's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you don't have the fire. You don't have no directions. Like, we in the middle of nowhere. What are we supposed to do? So she's like, why don't we pull over at a diner and ask for directions? That's when he really went off, right? Telling her, I don't even know why I brought your stupid ass in here. I should just throw you out this truck and keep oh, on going. What? I don't need Switch. your old ass bitch. Like he, so now he's he flipping snapped. on her. Yeah. Oh, no. But... If I'm being honest, like, <laughs> you had one job. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't really the time for you to be forgetting what the fuck you named the what? file. You so smart. Summa cum laude, graduate <laughs> ass. You know what I'm saying? Why you can't remember a goddamn file name that you created? So I kind of don't blame him. But she had never seen him acting like this or whatever. Can't you and, go and see so she started tripping. Files or some shit? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> So she had already given him all of her cash and shit because, remember, he had to protect all the money. That's why he got the pistols or whatever. Mm. And now she gave him her phone. So she starts realizing that she's basically ass out. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the run. I don't have no... I can't use my ID. He has all the cash, and now I didn't give him my cell phone, right? Oh, my God. So she starts crying. So just as quickly as his anger came, he was calm again, and he pulled. He told her he would pull into the diner and ask for, and she could ask for directions. And she was confused because he was so calm again, but he was back to normal, so whatever, she went with it. So they got the directions. They got to the cabin, and you know what they did. They fucked all night, and so she said it was the best part of their relationship, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> when they woke up, mm-hmm. oh, when they woke up, um, she had... Uh, she had brought uh, a mandolin, right? And he played Brown Eyed Girl, which is a song that I love. My Brown Eyed Girl, you know that mm-hmm. song? You're my Brown Eyed Girl. You know, she was older, you know, so he really hit home with her. So, you know, he was like, you know, schmoozing her back mm-hmm. up. He's good. So, and this was Valentine's Day. So, you know, using her cash, he had went and bought her a box of chocolates or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Celebrating. So it was the romance for her. Um, 
So they had planned to lay low for a few weeks, but he really wanted to go out because obviously he was happy to be out of prison. So, um, you know, they started doing something every day, going somewhere, being somewhere, doing something new every day, right? Long story short, I'm going to leave out a, a bunch of, like, these details or whatever. He ends up, she ends up buying him a pet parakeet named Leonard, like Leonard Skinner, because the band made the song Free Bird, and now he was a free bird since she had got him out. So it was like, all, nice. all that. basically, it was a real-life prison letter. You know how, like, when you write read them letters that them inmates write to people that they're in a relationship outside mm-hmm. of the walls with? And they really, everybody's a poet. Everybody's Maya <laughs> Angelou. You know what I'm saying? They're, oh, you are, I'm a free bird because you have given me a right to put you know, all that crazy shit. He was saying shit like that to her in person, like face to face. Long story short, they went in a guitar store and then went and had McDonald's for lunch, whatever. They walked out this place and they didn't realize that they had gotten, they had walked right past like U.S. Marshals, oh, right? Shit. So. Long story short, they're on their ass now or whatever. Um, they end up getting caught, basically. They go to an IMAX movie theater oh, and they, got they too come out. What the hell you doing? Way going too to the comfortable. Movies. Way too comfortable. They end up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Long story short, um, next thing they know, they see literally like 50 police cars, right? Mm-hmm. And a sideways police car blocking the ramp. Um, she's wow. thinking like he tell he looks at her and says, Toby, this is for us. And she's like, What's for us? She don't even realize, you know what I'm saying, what's going on. Still dumb. Smart, book smart, but Street dumb as a dumb. box of rocks, mm-hmm. right? So um she's like, What the fuck? And he's like, What do you want me to do, baby? And she's like, if they turn their lights on and tell you to pull over, you gotta pull over. That's the law, which I don't know why she was concerned about fasting you know, following the <laughs> law right now or whatever. Um, but he got mad, said they was trying to kill them, whatever. And he floors it. He starts like taking off, whatever. It's a high speed chase. He pulls off the highway. Basically the police end up getting them. Um, she felt like the world was moving in slow motion during this chase. He's driving down the shoulder doing a damn near a hundred miles an hour. They end up see a tree approaching. She prays that he's going to hit the tree and like they lose their lives. Wait, she, she prays she that? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. In the moment. So then they hit the tree. <gasps> Boom. Right? In this high-speed chase. So finally she's <laughs> saying that um, she begins to be able to hear again or whatever, and she hears him asking her, is she okay, over and over again. So she's basically coming too, right? She's full of glass all in her hair, cuts all in her head. She couldn't even get enough air to speak, but she saw, like, steam pouring out the hood of the truck. She knew they were all fucked up. And then she says she remembers what she recalls as a black machine gun. A man with a black machine gun started yelling at her to get out of the vehicle, even in her you know, um, fucked up state. Right? They just crashed into a tree. What the fuck? <laughs> so... um. He ends up, John Maynard ends up getting handcuffed, and she as she's coming to, she sees him coming around the back of the pickup truck, handcuffed, and dragging several officers, right? So he's still, like, pulling these officers, trying to, like, whatever. Um, and he's yelling, are you okay, baby? Are you okay? She says, yeah. So, obviously, we all know what happens next. You know what I'm saying? They get arrested. Here come the charges. And so, despite his promises that she wouldn't get into trouble, she actually did. Which, uh, <laughs> right. Um, she was charged with aiding and abetting aggravated escape and taking contraband into a prison and providing firearms to a felon. She was sentenced to 27 months. Oh, and she later years. learned that 
Right. Well, it should have been. But it was 27 <laughs> months. If she was black, you see how they did that black mm-hmm. lady for putting oh, her kids yeah. in that fucking school district. They should have different... thrown the book at this home. Yeah. Right. But she later learned that the authorities had tracked them to the cabin because Toby had used that address for the paperwork for the truck. Oh, so that's how they ended up wow. trying to So the real dummy. Right. That's what happens when you're so so, damn straight-laced. Jesus. Obviously, this tore up, you know, whatever ties she had to her family that were remaining. Um, For two weeks as she was missing, everybody thought that she was dead, and they feared the worst. You know, she had been kidnapped by the uh, missing inmate and killed or whatever. So once they found out what was really going on, and no, she was just, you know, fucking on this nigga or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her father died. He had already, um, he died eight weeks after her mm. arrest, you know what I'm saying? Cause he was sick. Um, her mother and all of her, and some of her siblings believed that her behavior, you know what I'm saying? Was what caused her father to die. Damn. So they all was resentful of her and hated her. But her mother, um, ended up coming to visit her almost every week while she did her 27 month prison system. Cause prison sentence, excuse me, because she is our mother. So, yeah. you know, it's unconditional love mm-hmm. vibes. Um, her sisters, her four sisters, never fucked with her again. Her two brothers did, but her four sisters didn't because they all loved her husband, felt like he was a brother to them, right. and they couldn't believe that she had done this. So they never started fucking with her. Um, and her sons, her two sons, refused to speak to her. They won't talk to her at all. Um, her husband obviously filed for divorce, and his divorce was finalized the day before she went to prison. Oh, so the shit. day before she went to serve her sins, the divorce was finalized. Um, And in an email, right, Toby's ex-husband, who his name was Pat Young, he said he doesn't remember many of the incidents that Toby describes from their marriage. Um, But he never but he said that he never tried to squash her dreams, even though he wasn't a fan of the dog program. He helped her convert the barn into a kennel and did everything that he could to help. But he said she was very accustomed to doing what she wanted to do. And it ended up affecting him physically, mentally and monetarily. Um, her crime ended up creating ripples of suffering for their family, which is what he said. And it was especially hard on their sons um, who ended up, who he said it was especially hard on their sons who had to say, yeah, that's my mom that did that. So he's actually remarried now. And believe it or not, him and his new wife, they like to play golf together. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. And when, uh, when he was asked all. last year, for a comment, and when he was asked about his ex-wife, Toby, he said, she is of no consequence to me. So he didn't move the hell on, right? Um, she told, Toby said that her experience in the women's prison um, was just like high school drama on steroids with rivalries and gossip, but it wasn't violent like she had seen the men's prison be. Um, John Maynard was put back into jail and got 10 years added on to his sentence. Mm. Um, and even though he wasn't supposed to communicate with Toby, obviously, he would still figure out where she was and write to her and to other women who were there w- with her in that wow. prison and have them try to give the notes to her or whatever. Um, Saying what, and though? they were still on the... I'm glad you said no. that because guess what it was? Drawings. He would send her drawings, um, oh song lyrics, God, and letters no. describing their love. I mean, they, hey, they, they listen, she might as well stick beside him. She might as well stick now beside him. Now that she's seen him. the system outside and now in. <laughs> inside, outside, and inside. Again. Well, now remember, and remember she's on the inside with a bunch of big Bertha bitches, right? So the more she talked to her new friends in prison, the more she reflected on everything, the more she realized that he was really immature. And, and now she's starting to get irritated by the immaturity. Oh, she said girl. that now... 
he would say things like, I'm your knight in shining armor and you're trapped in this tower. I wish I could ride him on, on my horse and rescue you. <laughs> and she said that when she would get that at this point, she thought, this is so not realistic. <laughs> and she said she just decided that she has to be done with it. Uh, and when she got out of jail, she moved in with her mama because, of course, when nobody else fucking with her, kids wasn't fucking with her or nothing. But everybody in Kansas City, Kansas City already knew what she had done. So she had to get the fuck. <laughs> So, and they was looking at her funny and pointing at her and whispering. So, like I said, so she headed to Boston. Um, Exactly. Moved to Boston to the East Coast, found a web design job, and was handling her business um, out there or whatever. Eventually, her youngest son ended up getting Hodgkin's lymphoma. And she, yeah, so she came back to Kansas City to like be with him and shit, but she still gave him his space. but as his condition worsened, she decided to actually go to the hospital to, like, see him physically. Because remember, they haven't talked to her in years. And when she went to the hospital, she said to him, I can't tell you why I did what I did. Um, I haven't figured it out yet myself. But I want you to know that I've never stopped loving you. He looked at her on his deathbed and said that he knew that, you know. And so she, um, that was, a, you know, a big push of the needle for their relationship. And so she asked to give him a hug, and he said no. <gasps> And then she asked if she could come back and see him again, and she said no. Um, and so, yeah, but he ended no. up, come, she came back anyway two weeks later when he was in a coma, no. and she touched his face and held his hand and told him that he fought long enough and it was okay for him to go. She kissed him and left, and he died. Damn. Um, that did not take the turn I thought it was going to take right there. Like, I was going to say, oh. And he cracked that egg all over my face, like, oh. (laughs) Whoa. So six months later in 2009, Toby got married again. Right? We just, we tying it up. I'm just letting y'all know how these stories end. Because so so often, you know, we don't figure out really what what ended up happening with everybody. So here's what happened. Six months later in October of 2009, she got married again in a simple courthouse ceremony. Now, if I was her, I would never want to see a courthouse again (laughs) in my life. But she got married in a simple courthouse ceremony. Her new husband's name is Chris, and he makes her feel safe and supported, and he did not balk when he first learned about her story. Check this out. He even encouraged her to reach back out to John Maynard. Toby and John started exchanging letters Um, and talking on the phone. She sent him a Christmas basket, and then Toby and her new husband went to visit, visit John Maynard in prison. She said it was so good for all three of us. Now, today, they haven't communicated in a few years. I'm like, was he a stan? It, like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yup. This sounds like a stan, a stan of the right, story like, that just wanted to be the in the mix. Yeah, like, that's creepy. I don't know. Weird, weird, weird. Mm. But anyway, uh, she said that, uh, you know, she realized that she loved him and he had loved her. And even back in 2018, um, John Maynard wrote a letter to the Kansas City Star where he said, why did I uh, stay with her once I was out if I was just manipulating? I never manipulated her in the least bit. I love Toby with all that I was, and I still do. So these days, Toby is just trying to help other women, and she makes workbooks uh, to help women in prison process their feelings and circumstances and to break the destructive cycles that put them behind bars. And she's also started giving speeches and doing public speaking engagements telling her story. So, And she's following rules again now. So. <laughs> That's the Toby Toby door Toby door. What? Don't let I know y'all uh, watching all this damn love after lock up and shit. Yeah, that was and, very know, sixty days in and all chance, that. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, maybe I listened to too much true crime and watched too much Love After Lockup because that felt very decent. Mm-hmm. It did. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lot yeah, darker. No, I thought you were no bestiality. Yeah, yeah that I, that thing, I was like, is she going to be messing with the dogs? Is she going to eat a prisoner? But like, just shows I don't know you. where. This is why. This is why you got to check in emotionally with yourself and with everybody that you're around because. You can end up in that circumstance if you build up resentment towards a person. The a new person starts talking the right shit Loneliness. to you, you know, and gradually mm-hmm. you break, you get lonely. You start breaking down gradually more and more and more. And next thing you know, you got a nigga in a dog crate in a van <laughs> behind you on your Bonnie and Clyde shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like so, just uh, it's a cautionary tale. Oh my! You know what I'm saying that's what it is to stay woke. And don't end up with a nigga in a dog crate. So I bet she had fun though. Shout out to everybody. I bet she. I know she had fun. He was fucking the hell out of that old lady. She was forty nine. He was twenty twenty seven. Like yes, it was. Like yes, up. it was wrong. But I bet you she secretly be giggling in her bed. Like I bet you I did, I did that. that. Yeah. <laughs> That, she has some of that fresh out. She snuck she got some of that fresh out. Like okay. she has a, a good bar story. Him in a cabin. That fresh out is the best. That's a life well lived. Yeah, in my honestly. opinion. Shout Especially out to Especially since she came Lord. back from it and all that, and she was still able to, you know, progress <laughs> and then make a life touching other people. With and nobody it. got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Hurt. Like her husband didn't love her to begin with, so whatever. But nobody really got hurt, and that's that to me. <laughs> A good part Toby Door said she was gonna leave the door open. Actually, you know who said it? John said he was gonna leave the door open. He left her door open. <laughs> Legs to the moon, baby. So that's the story of Toby Door. You know, don't get caught up from a nigga in prison. And that's this week's episode of the Crime Zone. Wow. The Friend Zone. Thank you, CCI. What is the line? Something hooligan only to be king again. <laughs> Okay, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, back I'll be Toby Door. That was amazing. Thank you, Cece, for Toby, sending yeah. that our way. This is the friend zone. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Well, let's bring in the wind chimes, shall we? So I wanted to, <laughs> I want to activate our ecosystem, kind of similar to the black business, but um, this one obviously is a little more of an intense story. So I know you've been seeing every uh, all the discourse around Haiti and the earthquake that they just experienced on Saturday. Yes. Um, I was looking up more information because remember that in 2010, they had had a similar experience with an earthquake that was had a magnitude of like 7.0. Um, it really grabbed the global community and everyone was pledging. Do y'all remember that? It was like such a big mm-hmm, conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked it up. And they said even in 2015, NPR and ProPublica released their findings that Red, the American Red Cross raised $500 million in relief efforts for Haiti, but somehow only built six homes. Exactly. 
So they found, according to NPR, they found a number of poorly managed projects, obviously questionable spending and dubious claims of success. Even the NGOs, which are non-government organizations, which are on the ground, supposed to be the ones helping with the relief efforts, they were stealing the money. Uh, Not only that, but a lot of the countries that had come together for these pledges, for the recovery efforts, I mean, it totaled $16.3 billion in global pledges, and a lot of them never actually sent the money. And those that did send the money were not even sending it to officials in Haiti. They were sending it to officials in their own countries, hoping that they would handle the relief efforts somehow. So basically, it was just a mess. A lot of promises and no help. Um, There are 1 million people displaced by the earthquake that happened in 2010, and tents were created that were set up as temporary measures for those displaced residents. And do you know that there are people still living in those tents today? Fran, stop, Fran. What? 10 years Going on 11, 11 years of living on tents in the side of the roads, tents that were created as temporary measures that basically no one ever came and assisted with beyond that. And these are families that are living without access to running water, electricity, or public services, meaning like no school, no education, no health care. So the earthquake that just happened on Saturday, 7.2 magnitude, So it was even stronger, increased death toll, okay? Uh, The earthquake is also triggering landslides that are hampering rescue efforts. And remember that their president was just assassinated a couple of weeks ago. So obviously all of this is happening amidst political turmoil and instability, not to mention the pandemic that we're all dealing with on a global scale, gang violence, All of this while they're still trying to recover from the 2010 efforts that literally, can we even call it efforts? Because nobody came and and no one helped. And this is within their own government, the global community, like I said, that pledged all this money that never came. And then the money that did come was just mishandled, abused, stolen, you name it. Haiti has just been mistreated for so many years now, such a powerful island um, and that 2010 earthquake actually killed, they, they were different numbers. Like I was seeing some that said 40,000, others said 300,000. So it's really hard to know what the amount was. But whatever the case may be, a lot of people died and 1 million people have been displaced and are still living in those tents. And then they had to deal with the second one this weekend. So I wanted to remind people of that y'all know that this is my grandfather's island so it's something very dear to my heart um I was trying to figure out you know when you hear things like this you sort of yeah it's like this feeling of like what the hell can we do from all the way over here especially knowing that even if you do donate how do you know it's even helping how do you know it's going to the families to the people on the ground who can you trust so I went on twitter and asked if people could help me start a thread of reputable organizations. And I was hoping that people wouldn't just share anything they were seeing on the internet, but actually sharing orgs that they know for sure, even though it's hard to really know for sure. uh, Right, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, but you know, I was just trying my best. I was like, let's just create a thread. So, and for those of you who may have been trying to find more information, I created the thread. And if you go to my Twitter, which is at HeyFranHey, 
Um, you'll see that my pinned tweet, I made it, I pinned it so that it's easier to follow. I'm actually headed there right now. Um, I mean, there's like at least 20 plus orgs that all of us came together and created this thread about. And the cool part is a lot of the people, if you read the tweets, these are people that worked on the ground with these orgs that were sharing, you know, I was there, I've seen this, I've seen what they've done, I've seen the homes they've built, I've seen the rescue efforts myself. So that was really helpful for me, you know, to know that it was people that were on the ground sharing this information in our thread. Um, so if you're looking for ways to help, whether it's a retweet, whether it's money, whether it's you on the ground, whatever it is that you can do, please help and donate. Um, I know there's a lot going on in the world in different countries and even in our own lives. It's just like, it seems like a never ending chaos that we're constantly involved in, especially on a global scale. I know even Afghanistan, that's another story that's hitting hard this week because uh, the U.S. pulled their troops and then the Taliban came in, took over the presidential palace, airports. I mean, there's so many things that are happening and I know that it can seem overwhelming not even knowing where to start, how to help, how to even feel like you can make a dent um, in the world with all of these chaotic stories. But any little baby steps you can take, you know, whatever it may be, whatever that may look like for you is better than nothing. So those are the organizations. I know I personally, um, I donate to Doctors Without Borders. I've never really heard anything crazy about them uh, mm -hmm. from people, you know, even when I, you do your research, they seem to have a really incredible reputation. They do work all around the world. I've donated to them annually for years now and have always felt very safe doing so. So that was the link that I contributed to the thread, if you see. Um, and then, like I said, a lot of our ecosystem contributed contributed the, the links that they felt were reputable as well. So wanted to put that bug in your ear. Haiti, we're praying for you, covering you in love and protection. I know you need yes. a lot more than prayers. And so that's why I wanted to dedicate today's wellness segment to reminding people of the ways that that island has been abused, overlooked, neglected, um, and all these orgs that are supposed to be helping the world are just thieves. <laughs> and it's unfortunate because oh, I feel like Haiti has gotten the biggest brunt of it all because of how people view the island. Um, obviously the anti-blackness and just the, the reputation that Haiti has. I saw people saying, Oh, the island is cursed and all these things that people saying, no, it's not cursed. I saw one girl that was like, no, it's actually called white supremacy. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like that's the curse. That's the actual curse. So can I add on to your... Let's just uh, do what can we I can. Can I add on to that? Um, Please. I would love yeah, that. So if, yeah. For those of you, when you're on Twitter, definitely go to at Hayes Twitter account for those resources. There's yes. another account. Uh, this person, their account is at Quack T, Q-U-A-C-K-T-E-A-A. -A. They just have, they also have like a really awesome thread. Just, um, it says, Haiti is my Amazing. country and my people Thank are suffering you. right now. A thread on what's happening in Haiti and ways you can help. And they literally give you a play by play on what's been going on, what's happening now and a bunch of organizations. And there's been a, mm -hmm. a lot of support in the thread as well. So anywhere you can support or help. I just wanted to throw some out there too. Yes. And, and I'll make sure to, I mean, I think the situation in Afghanistan is a little harder uh, because it's, 
it's like I don't know that our resources can help. Like I don't even know because they're running right now. You know, a lot of people are right, running for right. their lives. So I don't even know what resources we can help with because they just need to get out in some way. I still have a lot to learn. I don't feel comfortable really speaking on it because I don't necessarily know all the details, but I'm going to dedicate next week's wellness segment to that so that it'll give me a little more cushion time to kind of gather information and my thoughts and then figure out how we can come together as a community and help with that global situation and crisis as well. So today I wanted to focus on Haiti and do what we can and that's it for this week's wellness segment. Thank you to our ecosystem for even allowing us to have this platform to really like come together yes. and help whenever Seriously. we can. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it for this week's wellness segment. Asante, Mr. Music Man, what you got for us this week? <coughs> they don't know I do it for the culture, goddamn. They say I should watch the shit I post. Oh, goddamn. Say I'm turning big girls into hoes. Oh, goddamn. They say I get groupies oh, okay. at my shows. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Ladies and gentlemen of the friend zone, all the rumors are true. Yeah. Lizzo is back with her song <laughs> Rumors featuring Cardi B. It is a bop. It, I, I've heard it nonstop, literally, since it dropped. The video is something to watch. I'm loving Lizzo looking like uh, one of the damn... Oh, yeah, I gotta watch the video. Oh, my God. She's looking like, uh, you know, Hercules, the muses, just looking bomb. Yeah, Cardi's in there serving it that. up. It's a, it's a great time. Shout out to Lizzo for the return. I should have known she was coming back when she had dropped that video, talking about she did not... Uh, jump on the fan or crowd surf or whatever because I was like, why is this happening right now? But then here's the single to follow. So that's how you use the media and the marketing train. <laughs> that was a good lesson for me. Outside of rumors, I have not been plagued by much music this week that I want to discuss as of yet because there are some artists that <laughs> there's some music that's been out that I was like super late on and then I'm going to save that for the songs to play. But as far as artists to mention, I definitely want to just shout out Gucci Mane really fast Gucci man, I always shout him out. I just appreciate uh, Gucci as the God and what he does for the culture. Uh, Gucci has been putting out artists or co-signing artists literally his entire career, and he's continuing to do so now. There's a whole slew of like new artists coming with Gucci, so just just keep watching for Gucci. Just if you see Gucci man featured on it and co-signing something, just let it be known. Gucci is always down for what's happening now and he's always keeping it true to what he's been doing so i think gucci is just someone i always have to mention because gucci is all he's all out there right now i don't even want to mention anything specifically because he's put out a lot of like really hood shit so i'm sure i'm sure people have their picks already but if you're not familiar literally just go type in gucci on spotify and see all the new shit he's been featured on or all the new shit he's put out with the art artists he's featuring um outside of that i just really wanted to make sure i highlight those things Shout out to Twitter for having fun with uh, the Sweetie meal. I just thought that that was a great time with everybody <laughs> remixing the meals. Um, and yeah. So funny. And, and the Remy one was so <laughs> no, funny. What was the I like the City Mama. Girls one. The City the, Girls one was my favorite. The City Girls one. <laughs> The City Girls one was funny too. <laughs> on the Remy one, the first word was it was an asterisk, then it was like gunshot, and all cast like so it's like boom, and it was like uh, 
Welcome to what did she say? It was funny as hell. T- oh, it's like, are you dumb? Welcome to that's what it was. It was gunshot. Are you dumb? Welcome to McDonald's where you get the room. That shit was so funny. Oh, on the Jaru one, something about welcome to McDonald's where we living it up. If you want a job, yeah, not for nothing. <laughs> That needs to be that's a campaign right there. Cause like Right? No, 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 no. We living it up. I was like, y'all so damn funny, man. Black people. So damn funny. Black people continuing yes. to contribute to the marketing landscape <laughs> freely. Okay. Always always, always. always. Okay. With that said, I would like to just move this on to my friends here, the music friends. <laughs> Starting off with you, friend. I want to know what y'all been listening to lately, okay? We we hear with the songs to play. We're doing all that. So friend, I know know you be over there jamming and grooving and vibing what you feeling like these days i'm trying to think um well i mentioned isaiah rashad's project the house is burning last week but i didn't actually play any of the records and today i do want to play from the garden featuring the uzi vert just because i've had it on repeat on and off throughout the week and it's just a jam and i was like you know what let's put his songs out there we actually sat in and uh, we were watching Isaiah Rashad's videos because I realized I never really sat with his work like that. Like, I know the music, but I didn't know the visuals and just him as a person because um, he seems to kind of stay out the way, which I do love. I love when artists make their career about their music and nothing else. Um, but I was like, let me kind of sink my teeth into him as an artist a little more. So I had a bit of an Isaiah Rashad week. And I was like, let me play a song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, he's so dope. So this is from The Garden featuring Lil Uzi Vert from the House Is Burning album. Came out busting, came out puffing, came out fucking on your cousin. I do all these fluzes, what's Then they daddy, but you love her, you in trouble. I'm the sending, I'm gon' bob her to a setting. That's your busy, it ain't shit. I went shopping, left it running. Check my honeys, check my onion. We watch cable and my auntie, cause my papa wasn't trapping. But my uncle, other setting, Mr. Magic, Billy, Bash it, Mr. Magic, Billy, Bash it. Miss me with that local agent, owner, nigga, get it, crack it. I'm not surprised, I'm on the rise, been a little ride. all week man that song is so crazy um let me see what else have i been playing i think i'm gonna leave it at that all right um i'm still sitting with tanache i know you you mentioned her album and i was like let me sit with her too but i haven't picked a fave yet i'm gonna sit with it a little more and then next Honestly, week i have a song for y'all it keeps evolving but I'm not gonna do that right now. We, we'll, we'll come back to Tanache then. We'll, we'll have a, we'll make it a whole thing. If, right. It just keeps. Never mind. It, it, it's great. It's a great project. But I wasn't gonna do that again this week. So I'll definitely wait until you're ready to do that, and we can do it together. <clears throat> and one little thing. I don't know why they put Justin Bieber on that song. Like that irked me. So much. And y'all know I don't even really do that, like, knocking shit, because, I, like I say, I my platform is about sharing what I like. 
But I was like, what <laughs> the hell? That song was so perfect. And I really felt like if you were going to put anybody on it for a remix, because I do understand the power of a remix, mm-hmm. it should have been Rihanna, in my opinion. Mm. That's the only artist, literally the only artist I could hear on that record, personally. I don't know if people agree with that, yeah, but I hear, I, hear I hear her tone I with Thames, um, how she would have wrote, wrote the beat. Like the deliver, it just would have been fly, and it would have been a dope comeback for her, I think. So, only person I would have been cool. I with. want Fantasia, because <laughs> when Fantasia is controlling her voice, she she would be floating all over that guy. <laughs> I don't need Anna. She was going in. Who else could sing it? Fuck it. Um, Shamari. Uh, who else? J Lo. Stop. <laughs> Let's get live. She was going straight into that. You know, why are you playing? You know, I'm about to play a J-Lo But J-Lo song, will flow. You don't need That's no other body. <laughs> she do hit that choreo. She be fucking it up. All right. Justin Ross, um, what you got? Okay. Is it my turn yet? <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing, but I, the song I'm about to play, it's got Justin Bieber <laughs> on it, too. <laughs> oh, but I'm, but I'm, I'm sorry, because this the jam. This song is by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. It's called Stay. And I am addicted to this. I'm addicted to this song. I was jumping around in Joshua Tree, stomping the dirt. The dirt was flying up under my feet. It looked like the Deja Vu video. It looked like the Maya. No, I remember Maya. Case of the X. Hell yeah. (laughs) So this song is called Stay. And I love this song. Oh, God. Okay. I do the same thing I told you that I never would I told you I changed Even when I knew I never could Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you I need you to stay Need you to stay I get drunk, wake up, I'm wasted still I realize the time that I wasted I feel like you can't feel the way I feel I'll be fucked up if you can't be right here Oh, 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 I'll be fucked up if you can't be right Fine. Right, so that's stay. See, I can I hit. Look, I'm Listen, with you when you're right. You know right, what I'm saying? I'm it was, it was a, it's right. a hit record. It is a good song. It's a hit record. Um, also want to give a shout. <laughs> look, last week it's I talked a, about song Sam. Island, I don't watch that show. Watch Love Island. I think they played that on Love Island. They be playing the jams on them little shows. They be lit. I'm gonna watch that. Oh, I'm gonna wait till TV land because Sh- I watched it. By the way, but I'll wait. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Fat Joe. He got a new mixtape with DJ Drama um, that Cool and Dre produced. It's called What Would Big Do 2021. If you're into rap, you'll like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Nas's King's Disease album is great. It was another song specifically I wanted to play, though, and I can't find the damn uh, song. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Justin Bieber and the Kid Leroy. Well, actually, the Kid Leroy featuring Justin Bieber. It's his song, and it actually is number one on the Hot 100. So, it's a hit. Damn. Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, I love the Blueprint EP too. Blueprint. By the way, I love Blueprints. Uh, the whole album. I love it. Aww. Bird's Eye View. I love Skeletons. All week Bird's I've been. Eye you can lay your 
your bones on. Okay. <laughs> the bird's eye view. The bird. You can't. And all I think about is when they pre- pre- uh, previewed the song and Misha was singing that part. You don't know what it <laughs> takes to be here. You don't know <laughs> what she was, she was saying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad she's gone. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Can I tell you, Derek? I love skeletons. I, I had a road trip this weekend. Shout out to Crystal and Jade. We had an amazing time. And mm-hmm. on our way back home, we were playing music and just singing and just having a blast. And <laughs> Jade played 702. <laughs> <laughs> and all of us went, LaMisha! No. <laughs> ah, no. It's so cute how you just can't help it. We all yelled, LaMisha! At the same time. I was La-Misha. like, look what the encore done did. And then I thought of you, Dustin, talking about her house shoes. <laughs> I was going to say, when she said, when she, when she heard y'all say her name, you know what she was doing? She was somewhere sitting in a, you know, them lawn chairs that have a little cup holder and an armrest? The cup holder is down in the armrest. She was sitting in a lawn chair like that with them house shoes on. And when y'all said, LaMisha, she literally just raised her foot up in that house shoe. Instead of waving, she had a cigarette in one hand, a can of beer in the other one. And then instead of waving, she just raised her house shoe. She just raised her house shoe up and nodded. Because that's LaMisha, okay? Oh, my goodness. I have a headache. Child. I'm laughing so much. But I love episode. the blueprint. I love the blueprint EP. I'm really happy it, with it. It did Aww, come out with some things. Nice. Like I was very worried watching the show, but I'm very satisfied that the music that we got, it was it's some good music. Cause I was mm-hmm. whose voice do y'all like better on the on the project now that you've listened to the whole thing? Because Shamari has me excited. For yeah, no, I was always really I was always this. really uh excited to see Shamari out of what was gonna <laughs> Out of who I saw that was in the house and who I felt was going to stay, Shamar was one of the few. I was like, she going to be here to the end. And she was. So I was actually happy to hear how her voice sounded, especially because Cinnamon was her vocal coach. She sounds good on that. Ass. She sounds so good on there. I mean, they all did. And I, I can't even lie. I, I really like Pam's sound. You know, like, mm-hmm. I won't say she's my favorite voice on there, but I just, it was, I guess it's the nostalgia too, like of Total. Remember when she used to have the verses mm-hmm. and she just has a cool sound. So I think she, she has a very cool sound. Yeah, it's just a cool sound. And so I was happy to hear her again on some new material, but I think I have to sit with it a little bit more, to be honest, because I didn't, I'd be honest, I didn't really sit and like listen to it like that. I just played maybe one or two tracks when I saw that it dropped. Um, but yeah, Shamari was definitely the the hardest working, the star of the show, in my opinion. After Nivea left, that's how I feel about it. She sounds so good on Go Don't Leave. She sounds really good on Skeletons. She sounds just she just sounds good. Her yeah. voice stands, Well she came to work. It, it just stands out. Yeah, she came to work, that's for sure. <laughs> Unlike and on, on all the Keely's parts, when you hear Keely's voice, you'd be like, sing, Keely? Like, come on, Keely. You'd be happy. You'd be excited for her now, to be on it. You know what, Keely? So I, I that's like how that's you create a direct. When you come in at the very end and you give the album the touches. <laughs> so she... Right. But we'll talk more about that on on uh, the binge. So if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon, now is... This is ample time for you to subscribe. Um, anything else, Dustin, musically, you would like to mention? All right, fuck it. So since, you know what I'm saying, since we're going to play some songs, damn it, I'm going to play okay. one more song before I'm done, before I'm out of here. It was rhetorical. Um, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like this song by, where is it? Here we go. Pokey Bear featuring, <laughs> Pokey Bear featuring Gino. It's called I'm In Love. I'm on my blues bag again this week. Here we go. I'm on the train, I'm on the train. 
Pokey Bear, the same one, said, I left home to be with my side piece. That's Pokey Bear. So that song is called I'm In Love. Shout out to Pokey Bear. One time oh, Blue, you, you seen so niggas funny. responded to that blues last week. They was like, yo, you seen it. They was happy to see a slow roll it. Said, so that's another one for you blues here. To be with my side yeah. piece. To be with my side piece. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. It's Pokey Bear for y'all. And that's it for me for the music. <laughs> All right, well, from uh what was the name of that artist? From from Pokey, Pokey Bear, Bear to Big Walk Dog. Because <laughs> that's the name of the artist that I'm mentioning. <laughs> Big Walk Dog, uh, another 1017 artist. Big Walk Dog. This song has been out for a few months. I am late to uh the party for both of the songs that I'm about to play, but I have not been to no parties, so it par- excuse me. Um, <laughs> this song is called Whole Lot of Ice. Featuring Lil Baby and Pooh I don't remember where I was, Ooh. but I heard Pooh And I was like, what song is this? And then I, I this is the song. Pooh be going on. Hell off. yeah. I love Pooh So this is music. the song. That's what I call Jade. <laughs> Pooh <laughs> She is Pooh and Shiesty. That's Pooh Shiesty. Pooh Honestly, Pooh is a very cute dog name. And I would love to get a dog just to have that name that is like cute. Oh my i don't God. know where i saw that or who i heard it from or read it somewhere but i was Pooh like Shiesty. damn no i think i get it dog just the name of nigga Pooh uh anyway uh Pooh <laughs> and little baby are featured on the song by big walk dog again it's called whole lot of ice here it is hey Ice on me hit, whole lot of ice. Cardi up piss, whole lot of ice. In the door, lady flick, whole lot of ice. Booker jump out the pendant, whole lot of ice. Wifey did this, whole lot of ice. Turn it on miss, whole lot of ice. Hold up your wrist, whole lot of ice. Hold it like this, say whole lot of ice. Left wrist, snow cone, water on both on. Pin fit, I ain't put the rope on. All white breeze with the coke on. Wifey told me did AP photon. You ain't seen bird like this is so long. So much ice, I feel like frozone. Wrist won't unthaw when you blow on it. Cause a piece on the way, it's a go on it. With the wife and I spin for. O on it, no it came with a case, no bow on it. Why put me in the game? I'ma score on it. In the dark, all my ice shows on it. Hit different when you put slow mo on it. If the chain don't hit, it's a no on it. If you reach for the chain, I'ma blow something. What's the budget wall dog said? No, no. Ice on me hitting. They just going off on that record. Like it was just such a hard record, and I was like, God damn, like where the fuck was I, I like when this that. I like shit that. dropped? Yeah, I like that. So that was that. Uh I don't know how many of them artists is on with 1017, but everybody in Atlanta is doing some shit. There's just some hot shit happening down there right now. But down south in general is just the whole ass vibe. Save that. I don't know if y'all have heard of this artist and her name is Jayla Young. She has a song featuring Trina 
called uh, the song is called Work. I don't know. I don't know what the club scene is looking like, but there is just a lot of like really hot music out that makes me wish that there wasn't no motherfucking variants. Like you see, everybody's doing the uh, the the memes of my plans and then the Delta variant. Like listening to this music, I'm Uh like, damn, some shit has really been fucked up. I won that (laughs) one, but whatever. (laughs) I'm, I'm sure you did. Mine had Portia. Mine had Simon and Fallon for my summer plans, Ooh. and then it said the Delta variant, and it was Portia. <laughs> there, like, and it was from the actual scene when they was at our house, so don't play with me. Well, speaking of uh, Portia and that, this song was called Work, because, you know, Portia likes to work, because it's work with an E. Uh, this song, again, it's by Jayla Young, and it's featuring Trina. Here it goes. Here it is. Jayla Young, samples hard, shit's knocking, body's rocking, loving that track. And that's called Work, Jayla Young. Trina on there going hard. Damn, I should have played Trina Park for you. But, you know, you go, you, now you got a reason to go listen. If you if you don't go listen to for Jayla, you exactly. know you know Trina Incentive. coming. But Jayla doing her damn thing on there. So shout out to Jayla Young. That's Work. Uh, the cover's all pretty and vibey and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a vibe. It's a whole ass vibe. That's it for me on Music Man. Uh, Dustin, I think you said you had one more song you wanted to play. I do. And it, it's the perfect segue into TV land because it's one of the contestants from Jocelyn's oh Cabaret. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will Dustin Ross take it away Cabaret. with the segue? Cabaret. <laughs> Shout out to my favorite personality on the show, Big Lex, the one who I feel like Stayed 10 toes down the whole time, a.k.a. the star of the show, a.k.a. the one who said, damn, double homicide, which got us all watching this season anyway. (laughs) So shout out to Big Lex. She got a song called Freaky Dancer. That's kind of, (laughs) you know, I mean, I just want y'all to hear it. He couldn't even say it was good. Freaky dancer, I call her ass. He got Lambo tags and a big ass bag. You a rich ass nigga and a fake name Cash. Heavy blow my bag. 
So y'all can see what time it is. Shout out to Big Lacey. She said, I'm your freaky dancer. Dancer for money. Hey! That's my new shit. Big Lex, freaky dancer. And she cussed Jocelyn that motherfucking ass out on that reunion. So you got my respect. Okay. And ballistic too, cuss they ass out as she should. I loved every minute of it. Shout out to motherfucking Big Lex the Flex. Yeah. I love her. Big Lex, she's your freaky dancer. That's it for music, man. Uh, now we're over at TV Land. That's it, friend. Wasn't it? Don't it, it, friend? It was hitting. What that beat was that, hitting? It wasn't it? That's a song that you sample, and especially since she's a stripper, she know what the fuck to do. So yeah, that song has some shit going. I like that. I'm gonna I'm give it another play. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Big Lex. Um, and that's it for me for that segment. I guess we could segue right on over into TV Land segment, you know, which really, I don't know what y'all want to talk about. I want to talk about. <laughs> I don't. Look, look. It was, since I don't you even know what TV you, shows y'all want to talk about. Table, so this weekend, so what you want to talk about? Uh, I was going to mm-hmm. say, I want to talk about the islands. I just have suggestions. <laughs> F-Boy okay. Island. I don't watch that's either you have to watch. Put that's, me on. This Tell is me about my them. plea for you to watch. And that's why I want to talk about the islands. Now, which which okay, series? So me, what season is okay, it? Okay, so like, I'm gonna break it down for you in, the way I did it on ETA, right? So what I did was I didn't want to start watching Love Island because there was too many episodes. I was like, damn, this shit is like this is deep. I don't know if I'm gonna do this. So I started watching F Boy Island on HBO Max. F Boy Island, it's it's a complete series now. Like it's done. So if you want to go watch something that is super like entertaining, it's a nice easy watch. Now if you miss it. Why do it's I need to watch it? It's a dating show about three women who are on the quest to find love. On this quest, they have uh, a number of suitors. Now, the issue is half of these suitors are nice guys. to be exact. <laughs> right. <laughs> so eight per lady? Yes. Well, yeah. it's more so half are F-boys and half are nice guys, and they have to figure out which is which. So they can go date anybody. Yeah. So it's like there's just a bunch of them there. They okay. don't have to each be there for whoever. Like, you know, I guess however many express interest right. in you are the ones, because some of them kind of switch. They're like, oh, you, I come in the house to talk to one, they end up talking to somebody else. So it's a whole thing. Friend, you watched... I did, but I'm gonna be real with you. It did not hold my attention. F Boy Island, the first episode. It, you know what it ah, is. The, I found the girl. No, it was <laughs> like none of them were like interesting enough for me to keep watching. The, people, the guys weren't interesting. I, the girls were like, I don't know. I think the only girl that was interesting, um, was the, was CJ. It, was she Asian and white or something. Yes, because she was playing CJ everybody. Is the, like, CJ is like, the reason next, to watch. Bye. CJ is the... She literally is the only energy on that show that will keep you coming back. Because I like how she was playing everybody. <laughs> like, she was not taking nobody serious. She would take you on a date. And if you said something she thought was corny, she would literally be like, bye. And get up and walk off <laughs> in the middle of the day. <laughs> she was like, you're corny. That was whack. That Did turned me off. Did you just call off. me toxic? No. And... Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I just thought that was like she's probably the only thing that kept me watching, but still not enough to come back. And then now Love Island, y'all were tweeting me up a storm like, please watch it, please watch it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. So I watched the most recent season. The whole thing you caught and, I, and that kept my attention. No, no, no. I didn't finish. I probably maybe watched two or three episodes, oh. but it definitely kept my attention that kept my attention season three so that's why there's so that's why there's the two different shows right so so f-boy island is a shorter watch 
And if you don't feel as rewarded as Fran did, and I felt rewarded from FYI and I felt like I needed more. But if you feel like you're not rewarded and you need more, uh-huh. Love Island was definitely a great yes. parlay because it kept... And Fran, if you think the, them two, three episodes kept you interested the way... Okay, so Dustin, this is for you. Um, So FY Island, it's the three girls and they control everything. The niggas are just there for the girls. And, you know, half of them nice, half of them F-boys. Love Island, it's half and half. And you got to take turns choosing like it's like the power shifts. So when they first show up, it's like the women are there and they get to choose which guys they want to couple up with. But they're presented. It's like five girls. And then there's like seven guys that come out. So it's like if a guy chooses to couple up with your ass, sometimes another guy can knock him off uh, your ass and over to another person. Or if the couples are finally set, then they ain't getting coupled with nobody. They're going the fuck home. But then later on down the road, they be switching it up to where the guy, they throw more girls in the house. So then it's like the guys might not want to stay with the girls. Right. Then they throw. That, that's why I like it. Then they chop some of the couples. <laughs> then they throw, you it know, so a, a whole nother set in there with them. Like Love Island be having some flips and dips. And initially I wasn't invested because I was like, I don't really want to see all these people going through the motions of dating. But watching how I'm cunning people it. have to be in certain situations when it comes to actually expressing themselves or having to, you know, kind of skirt, you know, funny situations. Cause there's like weird um, love triangles and quadruples that end up happening. Cause you become really cool and build camaraderie. And having to be for self. Oh. And like learning to be for self. I think that's why I like it. Cause you know, when in those shows, the women tend to like see a dude and kind of latch on real quick. Like you're my person. But then, like, another girl will come and the dude will be like, nah, but she's fired. Like, <laughs> I need to spend some time with her and see what's up there. And the girls don't understand. Like, y'all just met yesterday. And the girls be crying. crying. And it, it just be so emotional and wild. But you know what's another good one? Have you watched Are You the One? Because that's Is that the one, one that Hennessy was on? Yes. Hennessy? Yes, that's the one Hennessy the one. I think that's the one Remy was on. You know, shout out to... um. Remy, Remy Duran, you know um, Remy oh, De La yeah. Rem online, and he got a beautiful new baby boy too. Shout out to Remy, he got a little boy now. But um, that show was good uh, too. He was on there. Where the yeah, premise, are you the one? Yeah, was the good. premise I think is like it's a bunch of people, but if they all find quote unquote the one, I don't understand the, what they use to match them up as the one though. They don't really explain that. But apparently every person in the house has a person. Like their person is mm, in there. It's mm. their perfect match. And if everyone finds their perfect match, the whole house wins a million dollars that they split. Wow. And so at the end of every episode, when the people get together, they have these light beams that tell you how many yep. people have have matched with their person. And they have to get like all eight light beams and so some weeks they get four, some weeks they mess up and only get two, and then they have to keep rearranging. But then people's feelings are attaching to each other at the same time, and then they find out that that's not the one, and it's like, what do I do? Because you feel like you're the one, but then there's someone else that might be. Like, it's crazy. I was also like, why are there so many of these shows? Look, so many. <laughs> why are there you so many You know what actually shows? sparked it for me? All these love-ass they- Island the reunion, shows. Well, it's just like, look, who kicked this Remember off? before the island when we were going into quarantine, what we were watching last year? I don't know if you watched the update for, uh, damn, what was that show on Netflix? <gasps> the bl- Love is, love is blind. blind. The Circle? Yeah. No, Love is Blind. Yeah. Oh, Love is Blind, yeah. But they were in the pods. Did you see the dropping episodes? You know I did. I did. I watched that when I was in San Francisco. After the altar or something? Yep, yep. It was good. Yeah. 
that show kept my attention for sure. That was a good show. I saw Carlton on there uh, talking to he looked some nice. Girl on there and she was like, he looked really yup. nice. And he, he, I he was laughing really nice. because he was like, uh, she said something about yeah. the cast. And he was like, fuck the cast. He was like, that's the problem. The cast trying to be the cast. Well, for some of us, this is our real life. I was rolling. Like, it, it was, was funny. so funny. So I, shout out to Carl. When they had played the clip back of him reading down. <laughs> oh, my God. I, 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 unfortunately, that beautiful it aged well. <laughs> the clip aged well. And the way that they clipped it up, I was like, you know, I know Diamond's still upset, but girl, he got you. <laughs> he got you good. So it was good to it was good to see the show coming back, and it was good to see Carlton getting some more screen time, being a dynamic. Yeah, it was good to see so they didn't throw him great. away because he definitely um, had a great like a, a riveting story on there. Outside of how it ended up, he was what everybody was talking about. Yeah, pretty you know much I mean? the like whole that, season. That literally, mm-hmm. like that drove yeah. viewership. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I have one suggestion. White Lotus. Oh, okay. I'm watching. With Natasha yes. Roswell of Insecure. Y'all know she's oh, funny bad. as shit. And she plays. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? I love her. And she them plays together. this woo woo. Her voice is so funny, right? She plays this woo woo uh, woman, which is cool to see too, because it just shows her range. Like on Insecure, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. used to her being like funny as hell mm-hmm. and kind of like snappy. And in this one, she's just like real kind of gentle and ethereal and. Uh, on her woo-woo shit and mm-hmm. I love that I was like man she's so tight you know and it was cool to see talented. her so talented cool to see her um, on a completely different project from what we're used to the show was good I wasn't crazy about the ending It's I guess it's a limited series show because mm. it's only six episodes um, it's already finished too so you can go ahead and binge that but the show premise was really good I just personally wasn't crazy about the ending I didn't finish it but I saw people Maybe saying we'll it was amazing that in the binge Huh? Oh, Maybe yeah. Maybe we'll visit that. Since it's such a short series, actually, maybe we can like use that. That's actually yeah. a really good idea. That's a really good idea. We should totally do that because it's nice and quick. And it's it's enough content yeah. in it that's like juicy enough. Um, but yeah, so definitely check that out on HBO. I would I would give that a we go. We can watch. get in and out. We can hit it and quit it real quick. <laughs> Six episodes. Hit it and quit it. Yeah, let's do it. I recommend because <laughs> uh, I was talking about HBO and competition shows in general. They just dropped that show... Um, Oh my God! What's it? Uh, it's not called the cosign. The, the hype, hype. <laughs> with Offset, and Marnie, and them. I watched it. It was good, it, or yep. it is good. I liked it too, but I just I think it's just fun seeing young creatives getting a shot, you know, and and they make so basically the hype is is like um Project Runway. What was that show with? There we go. It was it's Project Runway for like younger artists. Uh, a lot wear. more people of color on the mm-hmm. show. Streetwear based, and they basically have all these different challenges. They blood. have to like dress different celebrities. Right, that was funny. Like who hosts? Offset, um, Beth, Bethy, Bethy, and then um, and Marnie. Honestly, it's two stylists that I wasn't familiar with personally well, Marnie, but they're dope as hell Marnie, the, uh, the, Beth is dope to me yeah, the she way did, with she her hair hell yeah and the colors oh Every, my god the judges she I know people so always be having me. issues with judges but I, I like the judging I like how Marnie she's very technical everybody knows her from Beyonce and all the stuff that she's done and then Bethy she literally shows up dressed for the what well, Marnie does too and then Offset the nigga is streetwear he's street culture I'm like he definitely right. It's it's Bethy like with PH, but I think they call her Bethy or it's Beth, yeah, but they call her I Bethy. Just, yeah, her I looked it up. Bethy's. It's it's Marnie, 
Marnie Sonafonte, Beffy with a P H I E Burkett, and Burkett. and then Offset. And so it's um the winner of the eight episode season gets the title of the hype and a prize of a hundred thousand dollars. And they had to dress different people like uh ASAP Ferg came on, he's getting a billboard in LA <laughs> and they had to like give him the outfit for it and that shit looked lit. Yeah, it was you know it was my favorite, the outfit with the skirt. I knew he wasn't gonna pick it. Oh, when he made that skirt, yeah. Because I was it, like, I don't think he, he I know that skirt was there. not the original plan, but it came together so well. Yo, that outfit was yeah, he wasn't doing fire that. though. When the pictures came out, I was like, man, I wish he would have put that on. I know that's edgy for certain people, but he would have killed that because that was a fly ass look. Everybody can't wear no skirt. What kind of skirt? I'm a motherfucker. I, know, well, I mean, I get it. Might not it have wanted to wear right this in. skirt too. But it, it was, was like it was a mesh. long. It just wouldn't be flattering. It wouldn't be flattering on me. I look like no. one of the Braxton. If I get if I put no, on a skirt, but it was, I, I, no, but I would listen, literally no, look but like Tawanda now. Fresh. It was long and it was like a net skirt that was like a maroon, I think, if I remember correctly. And it had this hoodie with this face mask and these boots. Like it was very futuristic shit. And it, to me it was fly. You're gonna have me looking like the handmaid's <laughs> tail. I can't wear that shit. I can't yeah. wear that shit, bro. I'm gonna find a goddamn, picture. I'm gonna see if I can do find it. a picture of it. I ain't got nothing against. Everybody needs to express yeah, themselves if you feel and wear comfortable. whatever the fuck right. you want to wear. I'm not. I'm talking about what's gonna look I right get on that. me. What you gonna do if I come up? If we got a, a, a event <laughs> or something, right? And unprompted. I come in that bitch with a tennis skirt on, friend. What I you would be like, do? yo, you're the what shit. You That's a fly as hell me personally. <laughs> a tennis skirt. Like, because I know you would flip it. Shit, just look at it. I got it on. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? It just wouldn't even be flattering. It wouldn't even be flattering on me. I got them boys. But you got you know, games, boys don't though. even have you hips. Th- we got them dents no, and boys. No, but Dustin, you got them legs, though. You would kill it with a boot. Okay. No, um, I, I would look. I would look. Oh, I'll be the ugliest motherfucking <laughs> no, girl you ever seen in your life. I'm telling you. And then you would then you got to think I've been living hard as hell for all these years. So all these scars and shit, skeletons in my closet. All right, my legs tell a story. You see my legs up underneath a motherfucking skirt. You gonna go the other way. I'm telling you, like I can't. You know, I just I can't. I would look crazy. But shout out. But to shout out to the models work, you know though, because they killed all the looks. Like to me, that's fly. To me, it was fly that the model was like, let's freak mm-hmm. it, and he really did. So I agree with Asante. Check out the hype. Definitely check out White Lotus. Asante loved F-Boy Island. I'm more on the Love Island tip. And what else? They both good, though. They both yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't say it was bad. It just didn't pull me yeah, in. Yeah, it sounds like y'all talking about the Cherish Twins. They both good. Well, why, why don't I say they bad? They just but, didn't friend, pull... did you finish it? Did you finish <laughs> F-Boy Island? No, I got past one episode. Okay, well, then just go back and watch... There's like an episode where they bring all the guys back. It's like down to like, oh, so you didn't even see who made the. I couldn't because they're the part of my brain that, that made me finish, you don't care. The, finish the first episode because I was like, at least let me know what happens in this one till the end. But I couldn't keep going. Mm-mm. Okay, well then just go watch the last two episodes then, just to get the you a two? good little laugh in. Okay, but yeah, I'm gonna do that just because I want you to see because you know. Cause you know it does get stupid when they eliminate those guys. Some of them went to Limbro. And yeah, then, what but the was nice that too? To to, Do like, they the stay nice... over there? Yeah. It, like, why are they? Over they there? stay over there until they bring them back for like the end. It's like a little fake reunion oh, where they're trying to okay. the ladies are trying to figure out if they wanted to choose between the final two guys that they have. Okay. 
And limbo means <laughs> so, that they were undecided about them because I know that there's one that they did send home. The dude that they felt was lying, remember? Because he was like, I'm not an F boy. But then they played footage of him being an F boy. His ass went to limbo the next episode. Okay, okay. Like, I thought he they, went home. They, they showed him, yeah, he, he did that whole thing and, and was trying to talk his way out of mm-hmm. going to limbo. And then the next day, they show him, they open up the gates and show him going in. Okay. But yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll watch One, one dude went to limbo. And escaped back to the island to just show how much he loved the girl. What? Yes, you you just gotta watch the the end because honestly, I feel you when I when I talk when I first watched the girls come out, I was sizing them up, and then when I was getting into their process on how they were trying to figure out. Okay, here's one they question just, I have for you: Did you find any of the dudes on that show fly? Like, did you find one that you would like? I would pick him. They were all eye candy. I couldn't... There's nothing there for me. Yeah. They're all just eye candy. So it was like, they're all nice to look at how real any of them were. Because even like the guys that were nice guys, they were just nice guys. But did they have any depth that I felt like would work for the chemistry for any of those ladies? I couldn't even tell because the damn Nakia and Sarah were so... When I first saw Sarah, I was like, this is a girl I would curse out at work. Like, I don't <laughs> actually care about her finding to love. To me, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit <laughs> anyway because... How the fuck you supposed to know if you can be with a person, meeting them on for three island. days or whatever the fuck, however long they've been with around. a TV like, crew? What? You could be with you feel you feel like you can be with everybody you meet on an island when you're there for three damn days. <laughs> One nigga told a girl like, he loved so her to, and everything. To even put that pressure on them, that's just so lame to me. Like I wish they would would reimagine the premise. Like, don't sell me the dream of these people actually falling in love and like being together. No, let's call the show. You know what I'm saying? One night only or some shit. Let's have a show about. You know who's the best candidate for a fucking now, one night stand real. or something like that. Something more realistic. You know what I'm saying? It's then then I'm gonna meet the love of my life right. in 30 days right, right. in this house. Like, bitch. Now, you know how many lies I can now. tell. Now on Love Island, there's some cuties on there. So that I was like, okay, this will hold my. Who you feeling on Love Island? The Latin boy, the one, the um. Is he lying? Oh, uh, the, Will? Yes, he's so cute to me. Will. And it's funny because I don't even like so boys friend. that like, look like that, but he's so cute to me. He got it. He got so it. So there's people on there that I would be attracted to, friend? 100,000%. Mm, yes, maybe one. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. Fran, they, they've been no, rotating. Sante said 100,000%, yeah, and Fran said maybe one. Because Fran has only seen... Know. So what's going on in the middle of there? You know Look, what I'm saying? The, the like lineup, for a Sunday to say 100,000 percent, this is, this is how long said one Dustin, person. Because Dustin, Dustin would Dustin, find Dustin. that, that long-haired white boy that the black girl was trying to stay with. I think Dustin would find him Jeremy? cute, but I don't think he would be attracted. I, don't I think he would know find him if cute. That was he would find him cute. There. The new, the new guy of, that the, came the, in, I'm about the to, trainer, I'm about to the new the trainer dude that came in with the light eyes. He would think Dustin he, okay, would so, like him. So, Frank, the nigga that came in on the helicopter, yes, Dustin would Dustin think he's cute. would like him. Okay. What's the ad? What's the? I was about to say what's the ad? <laughs> what's the name? What's the name of the show? Island. It's F Boy no, this Island. is Love this Island. Is Love Island. Yeah, if you want to watch okay. for the niggas, definitely. Is Love there a Island. season it's I need to look up recent. to know the specific the cast you're referring to? Season three? I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know because there's a. Uh, I think there's a UK version too, so I don't even want to say the number, and it's the wrong number. <laughs> Love Island 2021 yes. cast. Olivia, Kyra, Kishé. This is the cast you guys are talking about. Okay. Shannon St. Clair, let me see. Wait, who's Shannon? I don't even see I don't no guys Shannon. yet. Hold on. Shannon's the white girl with the blonde hair. Corey Gandy. Corey Gandy. He's Corey. a um, real car agent. No. Okay. Do you think Corey's Josh cute? Goldstein? No, I yeah, thought I I, Josh is Josh Goldstein. 
That's the one that I felt like you would think he's cute. I don't know that you would be like, oh, like I'm attracted, but you would be like, that's a good looking dude. I feel like he'd be turned off. He said, "I'm bang." Fucked up his game. Wait, isn't is the? Am I right, Dustin? Is he not a cutie? Who's the one from? Who's the one from Boca Raton? Um, the real estate investor, jo- Giovanni. No, nah, oh, I didn't Giovanni. really. I mean, I don't think you. No, nah, I don't see you going for that. You might not like his vibe, but he is cute to look at. Not. He's yeah, a cutie. I mean, I'm talking about, but I, talking yeah, about no, I don't. I, I don't. But think you know, he sometimes would like you. Him. You know, sometimes if you see someone act a certain way, you can't even put them in that category. Yeah, that Dustin. Giovanni's real silly. Well, I, I, it's very, very <laughs> slim. But look for the trainer, the other but one, yes. the trainer with the light eyes. What was his name? Yeah, because I think you just see the main cast, but they there's like a couple. Because after the helicopter dude friend, there's like two more dudes. Who is, that jo- come who in. is Josh, Goldstein? Josh Goldstein? Josh is one of the white boys. Is he the short one? I think he's the college, one. With, college, college oh, athlete. Isn't he the one Shannon was, was with with the light eyes? Think, he had like blue eyes. He's like yeah. Italian, I think. Uh-huh. But maybe not because Goldstein. <laughs> He got the tattoos. I see. I knew one of the the ones with the tattoos. I knew one of one of them. You was you being. What too. is the chain? But a couple name? of ones that that don't don't put me in a box. <laughs> no, look, I can't believe it's I not was just right. the tattoos. I was right about Jeremy. I knew he would think he was cute. Look, I know. I'm not saying you're reduced to tattoos. I'm just saying in this particular house, see, <laughs> this um, particular person. Love All right, so Island, look, so out of everybody, USA. I'm gonna do guys and girls, right? Out of everybody on this cast, as far as the girls, who would I be attracted to? This girl, um, dang, the girls ain't even doing <laughs> no shit. Okay, this girl is cute. Trina, Trina in in Trina Gerald, uh, I don't know. She's a psychiatric nurse from Hacienda Heights, oh, California. This girl, she's cute. Oh, wait, I found the dude. Oh, oh I, don't even, did I, I don't think I saw her yet. This is the Trina. That's the one who she's. Cute. She was the one that was crushing on Jeremy. That's the one Justin, Jeremy played. What about? <laughs> I like her in these two. You see, yeah, that's he. He's the one that came Justin, in. This dude. Yep. Them two. Oh that's yeah, who one. is that? Exactly. He's one of the guys that came in. I know. I know what Dustin. Yeah. Is. Let me tell you. Let's get it. <laughs> I crunk. do too. And then there's Hell one yes. more. There's no. one more. I think you would find this one super cute too. Let's get it crunk, friend. Th- that's the one you were talking about, the one on the helicopter. He looked like I don't somebody think you I like know. his hair, but yeah. I think you like his face. <laughs> he looked just like this dude named Felipe that just cussed me out the other day. <laughs> shout out to shout Felipe. Out to Dustin, Felipe. you would have liked how his entrance into the house. Bro, he pulled up in a helicopter. <laughs> Everybody else just walked on the island. <laughs> I know, that's right. So he's gay. <laughs> Maybe. I mean... Cause you know that level of pomp and circumstance <laughs> right. like that—that's that is low that key. Is it would have been lit telling. if they would have like thrown some little bisexual wrenches into Love Island. Like if they were just <laughs> if that's the cast, there are definitely some bisexual wrenches in Love Island. Oh, I They're didn't like, even now we're this I week. can call the dice. I can call the dice before they stop rolling. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying to you? I know what I'm looking at. But those are the three. I mean, Cast those are the three. The two, the one white boy, and then those two. I guess I don't know what they are. Mixed dudes that I feel like. I got I got room for the skeletons <laughs> in their closet. Yeah. So, Love Island season three, the USA cast. Watch it because they need some more black dudes. They, they do have more, one like, though. Hold on, I don't see why cast. you don't. Cinco. Oh, Cinco. I don't know if Dustin would like Cinco. I don't think that's Dustin's no. type. The one that was on I there that think, I seen. I no, that's not his type. Yeah, uh, no, I don't I, think I, so. I didn't, no, I'm just saying he was a black dude. I didn't say. And was, can I say one thing that I appreciated about Cinco? That he wasn't 
ignoring the black girls for the white girls. Because I notice a lot of the black dudes, when they come on these shows, they will not fuck with the black girls at all. Like, And the black girls be fly. They be the flyest in the house, and they still don't even give them no type of time. And he went straight for the black girls. Like, the two girls he picked were the black girls. I didn't even see him really trying to talk to anybody else. And I love that. And then the one black girl that came in to, to fuck up his shit with the other two black girls. I was like, oh, oh see, I'm Lord, not there yeah. yet. But I just see. Oh, um, my bad, my bad. But I love that the girl with the short fro, is that cachet? Cachet, That she yeah. took off the wig and was like, bump this. Like, I'm going to just be myself. And he mm-hmm. was like, made a beeline. And I love that. I love that. We don't see that enough. And that made me happy. I love that all the guys are into it. Or they're all, like, supportive of it. Because so I didn't not like, like that she was last. Remember when they first had to pick girls no one went to her and i was like see this is why i don't fuck with these shows i don't like that and it's tricky because people are attracted to who they attracted to right so yeah like you can't force someone but it's still whack and that's why i hate situations like this you either need to have many like so many more people like overpopulated with people so that you know it just doesn't feel personal. Because it's hard you know not to saying? take it personal like, when it's like, always the same thing. Like the yeah. dark skinned black girl is always it's always the same one that doesn't get picked, or she's yeah. last, or she ends up with someone because that's all that's left. And it's like even on um Are You the One? That's fucked up. That's why you need to cast these shows properly because that should be a strategy that's applied to casting. It's it's a concern. It's something that even to make the show more interesting, like more well rounded when it if this show is about you being attracted have to people more or whatever, people. you would want to have yeah. so many different aesthetics. Mm-hmm. You know I what I mean? That. Like, they need more people. I, y'all call me. Who is this? M- at CBS? Who is, Who? What? Who's, Who is this? Who is this? Uh, I watched call that on Paramount, me. so I guess it might be CBS or affiliate. Paramount is CBS. <laughs> CBS, email me. Look at Dustin at gmail.com. Yes. Let's work. We can make something the, of this, like, and I'll go on the damn show too. That would be too. fly so to see the cast and make sure that it's balanced because it's we tired of seeing that shit. Honestly, that's why I don't really watch it because I hate it. I hate that. But with Cinco made me happy, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep watching, <laughs> and I hope he stays with Cache. Well, I hope you stay optimistic because. Oh no! Y'all was getting way too into it, so. Uh, <laughs> but yes, right. great TV, great uh, streaming, great things happening in entertainment. That was cute. Yeah, that's it for me. Sorry. Thanks for letting us take over your segment, Dustin. <laughs> no problem, because I just wanted to know what y'all wanted to talk about. I've been in Joshua Tree Hell all goddamn yeah. weekend. I ain't cut on a TV Ooh, in four too. days. We were both yeah, out. Yeah. Plus, you were in the desert. I was in the woods. Asante's packing to get ready for his for new real. crib. Like, I get it. I was in an empty-ass apartment. It was just <laughs> just echoing. I had to come back here for internet so I could record echo. with y'all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, you know what's you crazy? You know, I'm all with it. Like, Joshua Tree was a dope-ass, like, Man. environment Woo. to be in, and it felt good to be in such a remote place but you know i don't be sitting i thought about that i was like how so is like, dustin over in joshua tree because ain't nothing to do in joshua tree but sit still i'm telling you my like <laughs> literally at a certain point i was just standing there and i just started doing like this i just started shaking because i just had to let it out i couldn't take it no more so but shout out to um our friend Azenture because he opened up a private nightclub on the, in joshua wild. tree on one of his properties 
And um, that that is how you know we were able to be out there and shit. We had a, we stayed in our own house or whatever, but that's the event we went out there for. Shout out to Cascheda who performed. But um, I'm telling you, being out there, the stillness of that land, the sky. Even though I thought I was going to be a lot more restless than I was, mm-hmm. I was really okay. I was it's chilling, smoking, um, building fires. I in a bonfire type <laughs> shit, like just. Oh just doing my thing, like vibe, and I got some writing done. You know what I mean? Like it just—it was a great experience. So I would encourage everyone to not be so against more like remote mm-hmm. or isolated, you know, locations to, to kind of just unplug and kind of center mm-hmm. yourself a little bit. Now I'm always gonna be a loud crash, bang them <laughs> up, slam it up, fuck all night type day. That's who I am. You know what I mean? But it's good to get away sometimes and just kind of. Uh, just, just kind of enjoy the steel. Amen. Of it I love that. Amen. I'm with you because that's what we did too. <laughs> we were up in the woods. We got our groceries mm-hmm. and just chilled, cooked, talked, played music, danced around, did some inner work, some woo woo shit, and it was probably one of the most deeply transformative weekends I've had in a long time. And it's nice to just be in that in that space with your friends, like. We didn't talk about work. We exactly. didn't, it was just like about us and our friendship and just what, how we were feeling in our lives. And sometimes you need to tap out. That's why I'm so happy that I set that new boundary. Girls can do that. Guys can. Why? Because we've been and got to fighting this <laughs> motherfucker. Like, like how y'all lean in the feelings and shit. We'll start brawling. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different energy. No, it was man. So we good. can't sit around and talk about feelings all no, motherfucking day. But I love did. that y'all have such a beautiful man. I love my friendships. Like that. Yeah, I'm just that. so grateful. I was telling them like I don't. I just love y'all so much. It's like so deep in my heart. And I love all. Oh, tree of us and just such a man. great fucking weekend that was gonna alter our lives, honestly. And so I, I do suggest that people do that more. That's why I was saying I love that I set that boundary mm-hmm. of not working on the weekends. Like that really mm-hmm. has helped my mental health. And so, and you know what? Now I'm actually gonna try to schedule my work from Monday to Thursday only and trying not to schedule things mm-hmm. on Friday so that I can actually have a three-day weekend. Like, that's my next goal now. No working on the weekends kicked it off, and now I want to try to have a four-day a four day <laughs> work week and a three-day weekend and see if that's something that I can... Sounds, sounds fair to me. I mean, it's me only shit. fair. It's a lot going on in the world, and it's like we are grasping for straws right now trying to stay sane, and I just need to make more time for my actual life like this weekend with my friends just felt so good to my spirit that I was like I need more time I need more of that time in my life so that's like my next goal I ain't gonna say who went but next time y'all go I want to go with y'all because <laughs> I feel like I would add a new dynamic to that the group been so- <laughs> I do think we need a, a full-out group trip the way that we did with Asante's birthday in ATO and that big ass house yeah, like that yeah. was legendary we definitely need another one of those soon but Oh, we should get the house from Jocelyn's cabaret. <laughs> we should see if we can rent that bitch because it it's in a future video too. So I I know that house is like right. Our Airbnb. We should rent that very house. That would be so funny. I want to. You know and what? then hire a videographer and like shoot confessional videos about the weekend. Make it look like a reality <laughs> show. That would be so. I want to get a house in Atlanta just because shit like that always happens. So imagine being like, oh yeah, I run my property out to people like like they'd be doing shit I like mean, well not people will do it. Never mind. Especially yeah. Because I, I thought about I thought about the first house we stayed in. It don't necessarily got to be that the kind orgy of house. house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, y'all did say that was one of them weird ass bitches that was uh, posting that bad bitch was butt naked on the deck. Remember, she was on, oh, out on the deck, butt naked. I was like, deck. the same deck all, we was on too. Yeah, she did. Drama she did some other shit day. on that deck. Oh, that deck. Ask Jade about that, that deck. A, that, yes, that deck has some high energy, boy. Because our trip. Oh, yes, boom. we'll leave it at that. And with that being yes, said, we overdue for remember it. her? She was butt ass naked on that deck. Remember that picture was going around. It actually was a video, wasn't it, where she was explaining the event. <laughs> Wasn't that it was what it was? Y'all it was an invitation. It was a virtual, or not, a video That's, invitation. Oh, okay. That's what it was. <laughs> we were like, ain't that the Ain't house? nothing wrong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Do your God. thing, you know, let it out. Let your flag fly. But I just was I just was like, whoa. Shout like, out to I Atlanta. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, <laughs> the freaks, where the freaks come out in the daytime. Okay, that's well, what is that it is. for the TV land segment. If that's it, the everything it segment, right? The everything segment <laughs> with that, that's a great way to end the show. Jocelyn's cabaret. <laughs> every desire. Would you say the other day, do it like it's your B day or bidet? Do it like it's my bidet, baby. <laughs> yeah, she's so stupid. On the, I'm gonna tell y'all this, and I'm gonna let y'all go. On the uh, on the reunion, she gonna say. And yeah, and do us like it's might be day. We might get the Grammy. So she we're going to wait and see. We might get a she Grammy for that. Grammy. She the might. song is called, it's her damn song. <laughs> and it's called Live Your Best Life Live. That's what it's called. And she's calling it to do it like it's might be day in, re- in the com- conversation <laughs> where she's talking about getting the fucking Grammy. Come on, Jocelyn. Damn, if you don't try, how can we? You didn't stood up there and cuss. You know what? I see y'all on I see y'all on uh, Patreon in the Getty community. We'll talk. Look, about when it you again. started I mean, talking about her, woman. my thing said your connection is unstable. <laughs> see, <laughs> messed good. up my see? Wi-Fi. Well, look, this is the same woman that see? was eating a cup of noodles on the toilet. Oh <laughs> no! You know what? And don't brush her teeth. Right. Let's talk about <laughs> it. As the conversation about these celebrities bathing or not bathing Which has I gone on, her stupid ass gonna say I'm like him with brushing my teeth, but I floss every day though. So yeah. now now we know you sitting on the shitter, fucking taking a shit, eating noodles with filthy, placky-ass teeth. Mm. You're disgusting. <laughs> Bye. Baby. As it. always, we thank you for listening. We love you so much. Please take a shower and wash your legs. And we will catch you guys next week. She don't know the song. Stay black she and don't protect know your magic. Song. Bye. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.